I'm a real wild on today's wild, show. Wow. Howard reunites with actress, activist, and 13-time Playboy cover girl, Pamela Anderson. I'm a button pusher. I think I provoke people into craziness because it seems that even in my relationships, I drive people completely insane. She's just so loose and fun, and I love her. Pamela Anderson, everyone. Are you doing your impression of yourself? (laughs) Yeah, right. I've been working on it all night. Right. Right. Well, you sort of sound like Howard. Yeah, right. Yeah, right, Robin. (laughs) Hey-oh. Hi-oh. Hi-oh, Robin. (laughs) Right. Right, Robin. Yeah, I'm doing uh, Matt Friend, who is the... You got to hear this. I got a, a text from David Letterman saying... Howard, I ran into Matt Friend. Oh. Uh, and I went, wait a second. I'm, I'm sitting at home having dinner with my wife, and I went, who's Matt Friend? Oh, isn't that the guy who does the impression of me and goes, right, right, Robin, right. So somehow, like, Dave was walking around somewhere on the street, and uh, Matt Friend, I don't know if he stalks David Letterman or what, and I was like, wow, that's weird. And then... Well, did um, Dave say what happened in this... Uh Meeting? He just, he just, no, he didn't. And then Matt Friend, I wouldn't even bring this up. I, I'd forgotten about it, but Matt Friend posted the video of him. I guess he was being me on the street, and and Dave Letterman was gracious and was, was participating in the bit. It's a funny, it's a funny video if you can see it, because Dave's like behind Matt Friend, and Matt Friend doesn't have his wig and everything, but he's like, right, Dave. Wasn't I the funniest on your show when I used to do the David Letterman show? Right, right. Dave, and Dave's sick in the background going, yeah, yeah, Howard, you were the funniest. And I don't know. Let me see Maybe if I play it. Maybe that's what Dave is doing now. He's just helping comedians on the street. Well, that's the funny thing. Like, if you ask Dave to do something, you know, you have to go through his agent and his managers and everything else. And he does, he's not going to just do anything. Matt just cornered him on the street. <laughs> now he's a sidekick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right. Um, Matt told us that he was all excited that he ran into David Letterman and, and he said he was originally going to do Johnny Carson when he saw Dave, but he decided in the last second to switch to Howard. Uh huh. And Dave just thought he was like a deranged homeless person, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> he didn't know what was going on. So something must have been up because David Letterman doesn't, you know, contact me often and it's like you know hey i just ran into matt friend so now matt friend it's like if he accosts you as howard stern it's like well somehow i'm involved right right robin right Right. (laughs) anyway here is matt friend i don't think this is going to play well but i'll play you the audio but just picture david letterman sort of behind matt friend and matt friend's doing me all right so i gotta tell you being on talk shows killing it on letterman it was so important to me look at what don rickles did you know what don't you agree dave 
Right. I agree entirely. Right. Thanks, Howard. Do you think that I ever killed it on your show? Do you still like me? Every time. Right. Always. You're what, the best. When I was on your show, did I make you laugh harder than anybody? I mean, yes. What the fuck? Yes. And I, his beard is driving me crazy. What yeah. are you doing with this? Thank you. I, I keep thinking about how much right. fun I had when you were on This the guy's show. fucking hilarious. They don't make him like this anymore. It's okay. fucking crazy. Thanks, Howard. Hey, now. Poor Dave. I was going to write him back and go, how quickly did you get a restraining order against my friend? <laughs> but it's a funny video because you just picture David Letterman with like, 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 um, one of those videos where someone's being held hostage, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. He's trying to get away and Matt's still talking to him like they're best buddies. Nobody knows Dave, what don't you think on the street. <laughs> Dave. Yeah. Right. Don't you think I was the funniest on your show? Right. 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 <laughs> and then he starts insulting Dave. What's with that beard? Yeah. I mean, these yeah, are taking mean, liberties now. Yeah, what's going on with that beard? I can't figure it out. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Poor Dave. But uh, he was a good sport about it. Uh, the I somehow, first time. I don't know that, you know, if he starts seeing him a lot, if well, that's going to be so good. Somehow, I think, like, three months from now, Dave will remember that Howard Stern bothered him on the street. You know what I mean? It won't be right, the day. Yeah. You know, somehow, somehow I put... it'll be p getting people upset with you. Right. Instead right, of Robin. with <laughs> Matt Frank. Right. Right, Robin. <laughs> oh, my God. When I hear him do that impression, I immediately start talking like him. Anyway, uh, Matt got over 20 million likes on TikTok. So there you go. He's doing something right. And uh, I do like his impression. What did you say? What number? 20 million likes. Wow. He's everyone's friend. Matt Friend. There you go. He's busy doing stuff. Oh, man. What? There we go again. I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited uh, to see uh, Pam Anderson today. Yes. It's like a Pam Anderson world we're living in again. It's like she's got the Netflix show. She wrote a book. You mean the documentary? Yeah. There's a documentary on her and um, that she participated in but never watched. And I think her kids produced it. I got to talk to her about that. Yeah, the kids are in it. So. Yeah. It's interesting. And then. Yeah. I've always had this feeling about Pam Anderson. That I don't know that she sees it this way, but I do that she was really somewhat tragic figure in the sense that I think Pam Anderson could have had a monster career. Not that. Listen, she was a small town girl coming from a small town world like the Dirty Song. And she went to the big city and made her way and became very famous and had an exciting life. And, you know, and that's not tragic. That should be celebrated. But. I really feel that Pam Anderson could have made a lot of money and and found true love. I do. But I think Well, Pam here's the deal. You would have to have advisors. Yes. That you trusted, people who took you under their wing and right. nurtured you and mentored you. She she walked out of Canada like the backwoods of Canada and wound up on yes. the streets of LA. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, I don't want to get into it now because we'll no. talk about it later, but mm -hmm. I have a lot of theories 
on the people on her in her life. Again, they're just theories. I don't know. But, like, I don't see you, Hefner, the guy who ran Playboy magazine, as being a good friend to her. But I'll talk about that with her. I, 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 this is a tease, Robin. This is right, Robin. This is a tease. Uh, you're teasing. I'm <laughs> uh, trying. You know what a tease is? Right, Robin. Right, 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 Robin. Good for you. Right, right. <laughs> you're tickling me with a feather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't you bend over so I can tickle your ass with a feather? Right, right, Robin. Saying, ay, ay, ay. Boy, people are really commenting on your appearance lately, Robin, with your weight loss and everything. I mean, so much of the email is like, I saw Robin on the app. Oh, man, she looks so sexy. Blah, 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 blah. You're getting a Are lot you going to of... tell them that this is an avatar? It's not really. No, me. I'm not going to tell them that because you really have worked on yourself to become super hot. You're like uh, the Pam Anderson of the uh, of the aughts. Looking good, Robin. Of the aughts. What aughts? Are these aughts? Isn't this 2023? Oh, that's not aughts. I don't know no. what this is. <laughs> what is 2023 considered? The tw- the tw- The 2020s. Oh, I didn't know that. I don't know anything. The other day was very strange. I was writing in my journal and I wrote, I write down the date on each page and I wrote down January 20 something, 2026. What? And then I wrote, gee, 2026. I just lost three years of my life. Or you jumped three years into the future. Maybe you can time travel. Maybe. I think I time traveled. Because why would I write 2026? <laughs> Maybe you were experiencing a day in 2026. What happened on that day? I don't know. We could Maybe go our, play the lottery or something. We'll get the numbers. I don't want to be too psychological about it, but isn't that when our contract ends here? Maybe it was wishful yeah. thinking. Maybe yeah, I, it that's it. Yeah. The guys just wrote me. My contract is up in January 2026. 2026, yeah. Wow. That's heavy. Wow. That's heavy. Robin. Wow. Robin. <laughs> hey, Robin. That's heavy. Wow. Right, Robin? Right? It's not heavy. Remember when I wrote 2026, Robin? Right. 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 <laughs> hey, they. I don't know what's going I don't even want to get into it, but you know, we were talking yesterday on the show that the football game is of particular interest this weekend to us between uh, Kansas City and Cincinnati mm-hmm. because of J.D. and Richard. And we were trying to get a bet going where the loser has to make out with Ronnie and get an address and lipstick. And yeah. J- J.D. came to me this morning. He says, I couldn't even sleep. I couldn't even sleep last night. Oh, you know? No. He, you know, J.D. does not want to be making out with Ronnie. He goes, you know, because here's the problem with all these bets. <laughs> Richard's insane. And, and he'll uh, go along with anything. Yeah, he goes, and then I look like a dick. He goes, I'll do anything <laughs> for the show. But hey, Jesus Christ, I don't want to make out. And I said, you know what, J.D., you're off the hook. I I can't make J.D. make out with Ronnie. No. I mean, that's disgusting. Right, Robin? Well, actually, I just enjoy watching J.D. Be Squirm. uncomfortable yeah, <laughs> when all these things are brought <laughs> oh, up. Oh, you did. I even said yesterday, we'll make the bet, and then, you know, if you lose, you can decide I'm not going to pay. Yeah, okay, well, they'll look like a real dickhead. <laughs> well, JD's JD's my boy. I'm not looking. You know, JD works hard. I'm not. I'm not looking to. Uh, 
you know, force him to start making out with Ronnie. That's hardcore. Why not? You know? <laughs> well, I yeah, mean, Ronnie's Jesus. Pissed. <laughs> Ronnie was now, looking Ron, forward to this. I can't yeah. even figure out Ronnie's angle on all this. I love Ronnie for, for being a team player, but uh, he, he's not even in the bet. Somehow he's got the worst job. I am. But you want to know what? Ronnie's a, Ronnie's a very sexual guy. Ronnie's for a good time. You know, he likes yeah. guys. He likes girls. Yeah, he likes apparently. Yeah. Right. So he's you didn't know for, he's how a, much. <laughs> I did. Ronnie's my guy. Ronnie's my guy. You know, you need him. He's a utility player. You need to make out with him. He'll make out with you. And he was preferring to make out with JD. He didn't want to make out with me. No, not at all, dude. <laughs> Ron. Yeah. You understand. I don't want to make JD do, so, you know, like if he was up for the fun of the bed, okay, I'm in, but you, you know what I mean? I mean, the kids keep losing sleep over it. It gets like good <laughs> on the plane. I slept like a baby last night. I know you did. <laughs> <laughs> when like, Blake I, did that thing on the plane and he just drags JD <laughs> all of these what time, bits of his what time did you go to bed last night Ronnie oh I went to bed early last night 8 o'clock yeah isn't that the best yeah yeah I was exhausted I, I got this thing going on I got hit in the face with a garbage can the other day <laughs> what how'd that happen <laughs> <laughs> Can you hit in the face with a garbage can, JD? <laughs> I, I gotta see that. That's a good bet. Whoever loses the Super Bowl has to get hit in the face with a garbage can. What happened, Ronnie? How'd you get hit with a garbage can? No, so it was it was like really windy here on Monday, and that's garbage uh -huh. day. So I just happened to look outside, and I saw the garbage can blew over, uh. and I didn't want it, you know, all the shit to blow all over the street. So I went outside to pick it up, and as soon as I went to pick it up, it's got like this big flap on it, you know. Uh -huh. And as soon as I went to I went to pick it up, the wind gusted, and it flipped back and it smashed into my face, into my nose. Oh my god! And it pushed my glasses into my eyes. <laughs> and I got now I got this fucking thing on my like a, uh, I guess I broke a blood vessel in my eye. Oh, so it looks like I got conjunctivitis now because I got this Ooh, big wow. red thing. I think I see a red thing on the side of your head too. Is that nah. is that from the no? No, no. Oh, okay. So the bridge and the bridge of my fucking nose and shit is killing me. You so, think you broke uh, it? No, no, no. It's not broken, but it just fucking hurts. And are my, you? My um, head hurt. My head hurt. It and all this shit. Did you fight shit. back? Did you? Get the <laughs> yeah, I fought back. It was like Tom Chiasano that time with, with a suit. suit. Yeah. yeah. Are you? Uh, fight, are you afraid? I'm fighting with a, gar fighting with a garbage can. <laughs> And the garbage can won. Are you afraid people yeah. are going to accuse Stephanie of elder abuse? Like, like maybe they start to think that <laughs> yeah, she's beating you up. Punch me out. Punch <laughs> you out. Ronnie, so, can I ask you a question? Please right. tell me you have a video doorbell. Can you get video of this? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if it'll, I'll pick it up because... You can go back on those things if you Yo, I know, I know. I can look at it. I can, I'll have oh Stephanie look at it, but please, I don't think please. so. Oh, that'd be that'd awesome be the, to see you in a fight with a garbage pail. I mean, be that'd be awesome. Ever, Howard's yeah. exclusive. Oh, yeah. I got so, dude, I got so fucking pissed off. I flung the garbage can afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> you showed him. <laughs> Listen, I wouldn't mind if there was some kind of uh, bet, you know, for JD and um, and uh, Richard. You know, some. Oh, by the way, I got to play this tape. Richard called his dad.
to tell him uh-huh. that he's going to make out with Ronnie. <laughs> and your dad's the best, man. I am convinced your father Thank might you. be the greatest father of all time because Thank you. your dad doesn't even like bum you out or, you know, call you weird names or anything. He's just like, okay, bub. You know, like Richard's dad's like, hey, bub. Like that's hi. just ordinary news. <laughs> he's not even shocked. Yeah, you got to hear this tape because Richard Richard goes, Dad, I, listen, I made a bet with, uh, and I got to make out with Ronnie and be in a dress and wear lipstick. And Dad's just like, okay, son, I guess I've seen, I seen you do some. I, well, this is, you know, this I've seen you do weird things with Sal. So, you know, and uh, yeah, Dad, hey, hey, Dad, I'm doing my uh, eight millionth gay thing on the Stern Show. Hey, Dad, well, that's this is all how, right. how I pay the bills. <laughs> well, that's all right, son. You know, like, like his dad's just so cool about it. I mean, if I told my dad that, he'd be like, you're an idiot. You went to school of communications to make out with Ronnie? You don't need a degree for that. Oh, they, they, wanted me to, they wanted me to call my dad, and uh, I was not going to do that. Oh, your dad, your oh, yeah. dad wouldn't care, man. He loves. Oh, 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 yes, he would. <laughs> no, nah, he would. He he wouldn't give a shit, dude. Yeah, JD's. Here's a. Uh, uh, let me play that first. What JD? I got two call? tapes. J- well, Blit called JD and said, "Why don't you call your dad?" I think it was Blit, wasn't it? Or was it Wolf? Yeah, yeah, it was Blit. Oh, Blake was calling he, everybody. Yes, he he got somehow he got in touch with Stephanie also. Yeah, I got that tape also. But um, wow, here here's JD, and they go, "Hey man, go call your dad." And JD just hangs up on the dude. <laughs> <laughs> what? You obviously you don't want to anyone to call your dad, right? Goodbye. No, wait, wait. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you, JD. Good for you. Well, this is after this is after a meeting where I just heard a million fucking ideas being added on to this bet, and then and then at the end, oh, how about we call your dad? I'm like, no, no, I'm not doing it. But but, but in true Richard fashion, he's like, okay, I'll call my dad, yeah, call and then he, here it is. Hey, it's me. Hey, bub. So did you hear about the newest bet between uh, me and JD, who's a Bengals fan? What'd you bet? The loser of the Chiefs Bengals game has to make out with Ronnie. We have to wear a dress and a wig and lipstick while we're doing it. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah, that'd be hell of a deal, won't it? <laughs> it definitely will. Would you watch that? Probably, yeah. I've seen you do some crazy stuff with Sal, so nothing surprises me. Well, go Chiefs. Uh, go Chiefs. Yeah. Your dad's the best man. I tell well, he's you. he's used to seeing me do crazy shit with my buddies back when I was younger too. Like at one time, one of my one of my best friends was naked running around in our front yard and yelling at me, chasing me, going, "Richard, I'm gonna fuck you in the ass." And oh my, my dad, God. my dad comes out of the house, and my dad just looks at, at my friend. He goes, "What the hell's going on here?" I did notice, like, when you talk to your dad, you talk at half speed, and it's really weird. Like, you go, hey, dad, you got to hear this. Yeah, I what, we, back into it, yeah. Yeah, we got a bet. That, uh, is that a Kansas thing, or is that just your dad thing? I think it's me and my dad thing. A lot of my friends, I don't think, have that. But right. when I talk to my Kansas friends, I slip back into it a lot, too. I slow down. I, you know, take my time talking and... 
They to me, as a New Yorker, it sounds like you guys are slow adults. You know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, I think for you guys, it's like like the Andy Griffith, Andy May, Andy of Mayberry show. It's like you know, we just live a slow, easy life out here in the country, and we yeah. don't rush nothing like you big city folk. <laughs> and, well, my uh, nickname was Slow when I was in high school. <laughs> nice good name. Even there, you were slow. <laughs> Even there, I was slow hey. to people in Kansas. Yeah. Hey, slow. Hey, I literally, doing? I go back and everybody calls me slow still. <laughs> were you like an idiot at school? Like, did you flunk every class? No, I could see that. No, no? you were smart. I did guy? pretty good. No? Yeah. Good. I did no. pretty, especially like math and stuff. I loved uh, surprisingly. I, he has a high IQ, remember? Yeah, my IQ is like 120. Yeah, right. 117. It's the yeah. Richard Christie show starring Richard Christie and his dad. Ah, dad. Guess what? You know, the other day when you saw my friend naked on the front lawn trying to fuck me in the ass? Yep. <laughs> well, now Ronnie and I are going to make out and I'm going to put on a dress and lipstick. Yeah. Hey, Dad, why they call me slow? How'd I get that nickname? Well, son, when you was born... That was the doctor's diagnosis. Your son is slow. <laughs> oh. Yeah. The good thing about us is we speak at 10 miles an hour. <laughs> slow down, son. You're talking too quick for us Kansas City folk. <laughs> yeah. I like Patrick Mahomes, but... That boy talks too fast. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So I, I can't make JD make out with Ronnie. I wish you guys had a bet like like the cum hat bet. But I like the wipe in the one. ass bet. I thought that was a good one. I don't think JD wants to get involved oh. with your species either. Yeah, yeah. Th you're like I was. I was saying you're you are like a jackass guy. You're you would love to be in like jackass and do jackass stuff. I'm not a jackass guy. <laughs> what are you? <laughs> That's what I'm trying to fucking figure lame out. fucking guy. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> He's a lame guy. <laughs> I'm a lame nerd. It doesn't do anything. Well, I just want to say, listen. If by the end of the show, anybody comes up with a good bet, I'm going to make this assignment. You know, Ronnie is a team player. Thank you, Ronnie. I love that you're ready to make out with these two idiots. Uh, just <laughs> yeah, to get the bet. You know, you're the man, Ron. And, right. uh, and Richard, you know, you are, you know, kind of crazy. But JD's my boy too. I mean, the guy, the guy went to bed at eight o'clock last night. He woke up at midnight and couldn't get back to sleep because he's so nervous about making out with Ronnie. I think he has no faith in his bingles. I think that's the problem. I, I don't have faith in a lot of things. So, bingles. Uh, I think he thinks. I think he thinks it's a jinx. That you know. I don't even know bet, what he... even make making any kind of bet on it is going to fuck up the game for him. Excuse me, guys. Oh, hey everybody, it's uh, shirtless. Uh, Mark Wahlberg. Hey, man, you in the gym? I, I, honestly, you guys, I can't listen to this anymore. <laughs> JD, you're being a fucking coward. You know, Welch on a bet. Quit being a little bitch and kiss that old man on his lips. <laughs> you know what's gay? I'm going to tell you what's gay. Going back on your fucking word. So don't be weird about it, you puffy little bitch. It's not gay for sports. All right? Mark, That's in the fucking Bible. Mark, you're such a famous actor and everyone admires your physique. <laughs> um, are you in the gym? How long have you been in the gym this morning already? Seven hours. 
<laughs> wow. I went to bed at 8 o'clock last night, too, and I couldn't sleep. So guess what I did? I got my tight ass in the gym immediately, and I started doing squats. And then I started listening to this fucking show. And I swear to God, J.D., I, I, I would have sucked three dicks to fucking honor Tom, Tom Brady. And, and you're sitting there saying you're not going to kiss this old man? <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Well, Sorry, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll Oh, Mark, what do you think of this idea? What if uh, J.D. has to shave his head for three months if he loses? And uh, Richard, uh, Richard's already wear JD's, How many outs I'll are you going to get JD's this guy? Pubes. <laughs> You'll wear J.D.'s pubes? On my face, yeah, for like... Oh, what do you think of that, J.D.? J.D., would you shave your pubes and let us use them and put oh, them on Oh, please face? do. Uh, we don't have to oh watch God, you shave them. You just like shave them. If you don't have to just say yes. You don't have to watch you shave them. Just say yes. Yeah, sure. I'll shave All my right, head. To JD. All right, JD, yeah. here's this. You lose, you shave your head. God. Okay? All right. All right. If, uh, if, uh, if you win, cut off your you pubes. Shave your pubes. <laughs> shave your pubes and we'll glue them to Richard's face. And he's got to okay. wear a, a, a JD pube beard. God. For, uh, how long has he got to wear that beard? That's got to be fucking weird. I mean, a day? All day? A day, Oh, yeah. you're going to be nice a day. <laughs> I mean, what are you going to do? Make the dude walk around like for a month in a fucking pube beard? Well, I figured a, a show. <laughs> no, <laughs> come on. I got to wash my face at some point, Robin. What? No, you don't. You never, you never do. before. <laughs> and by the way. At least once a week. And, and and Richard pube eyebrows too, because JD's probably got a big ass bush. Okay, uh, okay, pube eyebrows. If JD also shaves his eyebrows, if he loses uh, eyebrows and eyebrows. head no. and eyebrows. Oh, let me ask head. you. I want to do my eyebrows. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Let's do that. I mean, God. seeing a bald JD could be interesting, and certainly uh, JD's pubes. A... <laughs> What's that, JD? No, I, did, I shaved it a long time ago to look. No, I don't think I look my best. <laughs> well, you're a handsome you guy. You can get away with it. You're going to jinx your team for eternity. I got fucking Joe, Joe Burrow's number right here. I'll call him right now and tell him what a floppy pussy you are. If you're going to do it, you got to do something all the fucking way. You know, Mark, I've always admired you. Uh, you're you're so definite in your opinions. You're, as an actor, your choices, as uh, roles. And your commitment to the gym and to the Lord Jesus I mean, yeah. you're amazing. You're amazing. Uh, you know, can you inspire these guys? Because a lot of my guys are sloppy looking. Yeah, look at how JD can't even make a decision. Right. I'm literally doing 600 pound fucking barbell curls right now <laughs> with one fucking arm. You want to hear this? Hold on. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 And I'm shaving my pews with my left hand. That's, I'm doing two things at once. I'm killing two birds with one stone. I already basically won the bet. Mark, um, you know, I, I always meant to ask you this. You have such a perfect physique. You have zero, almost zero body fat. Yeah, and you're so that. muscular. <laughs> like, will you ever spend an entire, like, eight-hour period in the gym just working your calves? 100%. If you're not right. working your legs, you're a fucking piece of shit. Listen, of course I'm going to give more time to my pecs and my delts and my traps and my biceps and my abs, but every now and then I got to fuck around with my calves. Look Some at, people look, I'm say... I'm looking at JD right now. He looks like fucking Jello with glasses. It makes me sick. <laughs> All right, okay. All right, calm down over there. Do you, is it appropriate? Do you ever take the time out of your day to admire your physique? Like, do you ever pose in the mirror, let's say... 
like a professional bodybuilder and, and admire your washboard abs and your pecs. Would, that's your... half the that's half the point. The whole fucking point is to look in the mirror and look how good you are and say, "Hey, Mark, you look amazing." Fuck! I wish I lost a bet right now and I could tongue punch a brown star. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, let me tell you, Mark, um, I think a lot of our audience is excited that you knocked on the door this morning. Mark Wahlberg is considered one of our top actors. He's a national treasure. And his commitment to bodybuilding and, and posing and looking at his JD's going to die. Look at him. JD, why are you laughing at Mark Wahlberg? Yeah, I mean, Jay-Z, you're going to go back on your bet now, aren't you? <laughs> JD, what is so funny? You're talking the most to a random guy. thing I've ever heard in my life. What is that? What is Tongue it that made you laugh? Punch a brown star. That was great. You're listening to a real man who's in the gym since eight o'clock. I'm not. I'm literally scared of nothing. I'll do anything. <laughs> oh right. my god! I I would. I fucked the shit out of myself. Are we? Are we? Um, you know, listen. You, you, you're you're an, you're really an impressive man. Uh, I think you're very masculine. You uh, certainly uh, your commitment to the gym is second to none. You're you're posing in the mirror. And your and your your dedication to go to bed at eight o'clock and not be able to fall asleep and then just spend the rest of the night and into the morning in the gym. JD didn't do that while he wasn't sleeping. That's that's true. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Unbelievable, Mark. Mark, are you gonna? Uh, do you have time for movies? Because I know you're in the gym all the time. I mean, do you have time to act a little bit? Yeah, I just I pop in, I do one or two lines, and I leave. They make the schedule around me. Right. Because I got too much right. to do. I got too much to do right now. I got to get back to my lats and my traps. Right, right. What do you make gonna... a movie that films in a gym, like a movie set at a gym? Do you ever invite hey, that's people? That's a good call. Do you ever invite Thanks. people over to train with you, uh, to 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 work your lats, let's say, and then film it? Uh, maybe yeah. Mario celebrity? Lopez is always over here. Oh, he's, right. he's got a great body too. Right, I and love you guys Mario. Work yeah. Does he have the level of intensity that you have? Fuck no. He's like a little, he's like the fucking leprechaun from Lucky Chimes. He's just happy all the time. I'm like, get the fuck in the gym and work. This is work. This isn't fucking fun. Do you, uh, do you have, listen, I've heard a psychological theory and, and don't take this the wrong way, but people say you're not that tall. So the reason you're in the gym so much. Uh oh! I don't mean to tap. What, what did they? Did you step on? Oh, you really uh, opened oh up a can. Mark, Mark, please don't take. Mark, don't take this the wrong way. Say it. Say it. Say it again. I fucking dare no, you to no. say it again. No, for, for example, I'm six foot five. Okay, and like oh, you, you know, so fuck. I don't work out that hard because I'm I'm super tall. Like they say, sometimes a shorter guy feels better about himself if he can make himself bigger and wider. Do you, do you subscribe to that theory, or have I? First of all, Howard, I am not wide. Don't ever call me wide, and don't fucking right. call me short. I fucking dare you to call me short to my fucking face. No, who fuck no, said, no. Who, no, no. Why would you say I, that I to apologize. me? I apologize. Why would you I ever apologize. say that to me, Howard? I'm not, that, I'm not say, short. Not short. I mean, you know, but in other words, you're not like the tallest actor. How tall? I mean, well, I better I better drop it. I don't want to get into trouble. <laughs> I don't know how you went down this road. I mean, right. you guys Dear were Jesus. getting along. Dear Jesus and Mark, Christ, you're right. power not to kill this man, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Mark, oh Mark, my God. Mark, Mark, you're not wide, but as a matter of fact, I must compliment you on your perfect symmetry. I notice your left calf, your right calf is the same exact size, your right pec, your yeah. left pec. Now you do your track. This is good. Now we're getting See, back to track. Yeah, this yeah. is why you pray, everybody. This is why you pray. Yeah. What I'm saying is your symmetry is important, right? In other words, when you train, you don't want to train your right uh, pec too much or your right buttock That's right. too much, That's right. Exactly right? Talk about that. How do you uh, let's get on track with this. 
Both sides matter just as much. If you're a lefty, still work out your right. If you're a righty, still work out your left. I'm a righty, and I jerk off with my left arm just to change things up. You got to keep things fucking, you, you got to keep your body guessing. All right, all right. JD's um, nodding his head like he does that too. That <laughs> like, part he he practices. I'm agreeing yeah. with him. <laughs> yeah. Mark, can I talk a little bit about acting? Did you ever work on maybe getting rid of the Boston accent? Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like maybe uh, you know it, 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 it limits you in some way. I literally fucking did a movie called Limitless. I am unlimited. I, right. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Everybody loves my my accent. And yeah, right. I can stop doing it. Watch this. Here we go. Park the car in Harvard Yard. There. No accent right there. Right. Well, that was pretty good, I got to say. <laughs> That's pretty good. I yeah, didn't realize I you were able to slip in and out of it like that. I can slip in and out of it. Look, now I'm fucking... Here's a British guy. Hey, look at me. I'm a fucking red coat. Better, you better watch out. Here's, it's the revolution. Watch yourself. Right. I understand. No, the way you slip into the British accent or the non-Bostonian kind of yeah, Midwestern accent. accent. Can you do, any let's accent. say... What about like a Hispanic accent? Could you do that? Yeah, 100%. Here we go. Welcome to Cozumel, Mexico. We love to drink margaritas here. You want one? I make a fucking mean margarita, motherfucker. <laughs> who's, your, who's your good friends? Like um, you, you mentioned Mario Lopez. Are you in with uh, Ben Affleck and, uh, and and his friend Matt Damon? Like Matt you Damon? guys? I could see you guys all being friends, you know? Yeah, we hang out uh, every now and then, but they think they're a fucking big deal. And I have to remind them that they're fucking not. Right. Ben Affleck right. pulls that card to being like, hey, look at me. I'm tall. And I'm like, yeah, well, you also smoke cigarettes. So don't make me pound your fucking face into oblivion. <laughs> right. Right. OK. Well, listen, uh, I think you would make a, a, a great uh, I think the president of the United States should appoint you in charge of physical fitness and inspiring young people. And as an actor, you are second to none. Watch this. Uh, suddenly you're a German. German accent. Hey, is hey, this is World War II. You better fucking be careful, Jewish people. I'm on the fucking prowl. <laughs> right, right. That's pretty good. That's good. This is the, right? this is the level. This this is the. You know, I, I remember you when know you started what you're out dealing with right. Yeah, I exactly. remember when you started out. You weren't the greatest actor, but you have like you know at the beginning you were like in underwear ads and shit. Now right. you've now you just slip into these accents like crazy. Yeah. yeah. Why haven't it was you about played confidence a back then? And yeah, now why it's just you... about really diving into my acting chops, you know? I'm a yeah. fucking I, I I'm just like a character actor now. I can do anyone. When you when when why have Hollywood not with your muscular physique and perfect symmetry and your superior height, why haven't you played a superhero? I just I, I actually because I've been working on a new role, I'm playing Stephen Hawking next year. <laughs> oh come on. Stephen right. Hawking. Yeah. Watch this. Wow. Why this? What does he sound uh, like? Beep boop, beep boop. I'm a fucking computer. Listen, tell Hey, hey, Mark. I know you're in the gym, and, and I don't want to. I, I know you're working on. Would you say you're working on calves today? I don't want to. I don't want to take you away from that. Yeah, my delts and my traps. Yeah. Oh, delts and traps. It's a delt yeah. and trap day for those of you who want to play along at home. And uh, That's right. but this is a one of our fans wants to speak to you. This is Anne from Massachusetts. Hi, Anne. Love it. <laughs> I love your accent. It's so sexy. You are so spot on with your Massachusetts accent. Um, well, you thank you so Mark much. Yeah, I'm from there, Dorchester. Shout out. <laughs> well, you're also, um, I should remind Ann that you're married to a very beautiful supermodel, uh, Rhea. 
and uh, right. you you cannot, and you also are a religious man. You will not uh, go out with Anne. I think she was coming on to you. So I'm no Anne. I I deal with this every minute of every day, Howard. So I work right. out in a personal gym. Can you imagine if I was at a fucking twenty four hour fitness? Jesus right. Christ, Punani <laughs> left and right. Right, these women would be like all over you, right? All I mean, really. over me. Yeah, right. they he, think, you know, you'd see line and say, like, what piece of equipment are they waiting for? And if you Mark and then, Wahlberg. And yeah, that's right. And they stare at my butt. And then, and, and then you'd have to pray to Jesus for strength to stay away from these women, I understand. That's exactly so. right. I, would just, I, I don't fuck my fans. I just got to pass them on to Donnie. Right. Uh. All right. Well, listen, um, Mark, thanks. And uh, J.D., uh, tighten up your act. Mark Wahlberg says you're a pussy. I will. J.D., I know you can do it. I know you have it in you. Thank I fucking you. know you have it in you, J.D., Thank you. All right. Thank you. Release your inner Wahlberg, JD. Yes. Yes. <laughs> right. Th thanks, Mark. Yeah, no problem. All right. All right. Later. <laughs> I think we should make J JD spend some time with Mark. <laughs> like a light going mean? to the gym. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, so JD, do you feel good about this bet? Where I don't want one that keeps you up all night, but I do want to make you're going to shave your head if you lose. Yeah, shaving my head is. A lot better than <laughs> kissing Ronnie. Blowing Ronnie. <laughs> <laughs> Blowing Ronnie. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Wayne Siegel sent me a note, said he would put up $2,000 for these guys, but but he wanted JD to start fondling Ronnie's balls. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of money, JD. <laughs> I think it's like... Uh, I'll do it. I think I think yeah, Wayne I mean, is like I, looking for uh, for like a, a, an OnlyFans, <laughs> gay OnlyFans, <laughs> Ronnie. Wayne can be there to watch. Yeah, I don't know. It was some convoluted scenario where. <laughs> listen to this. I got this, and I don't even understand what the hell he's going for here. I was like, "What the? Fu this thing is out of control." I mean, <laughs> Wayne's uh, like a porn director. I'm up for offering a thousand dollars to JD and a thousand to Ronnie, no matter who wins. If the Bengals win, JD gets the thousand dollars, no strings. If Kansas City wins, he still gets the thousand, but he has to tongue kiss Ronnie and or fondle Ronnie's balls for sixty seconds. And or, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, and he has to make Ronnie come. <laughs> Ronnie gets a thousand dollars, no matter who wins, so long as he agrees to let JD have his way with him. If Kansas City wins. Uh, Wayne uh, says, I would call Wayne, but he's not available. He's in the gym this morning, like Mark Wahlberg. And uh, oh. he <laughs> wow. says, if they're on board, I'll overnight some bank checks to them. So, you know, anyway, thank you, well, Wayne. JD, you just lost a thousand dollars. That's all right. It's OK. Yeah. JD, I'll throw in an Thanks, extra 500 JD. if you get uh, you get Ronnie to come. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> think of guess... all the, the card breaks you could do with that thousand um, dollars. Yeah. That's right. Oh. A lot of card breaks. Yeah. Well, um, sorry. What's uh, uh all right. Uh, so, so is the bet on or off or I, I don't know. Yeah, it's fine. I'll yeah. shave my head and I'll, I'll grow my pubes out a little bit more and, uh, we'll see what happens on Sunday. Do you have a lot of pubes? You got a lot of pubes, right? You don't groom them. Uh, I, I tend to, uh, groom a little bit at least, Ooh, but uh, really. You don't let yeah. it get out of hand, is what you're I saying. I try not to let it get out of hand too much. But do you uh, have long enough pubes that we can actually make a decent beard for Richard? Like or, a, at or, least, a... uh, I might need another. I might need another. They, I, they might be long enough, but I, 
I, I wouldn't necessarily know until I, I shaved them all off. Right? I'd, ra- I'd rather see a mustache right under his fucking nose, man. Be great. <laughs> uh, smell him. Well, we could decide <laughs> what to do. But... A mustache, <laughs> mustache like Ronnie's, a Ronnie mustache. <laughs> well, I, I, what I'm saying, JD, is like my pubes. I gotta like I would. I guess you gotta cut them with a scissor, right? Because you can't you, use a, like a, a clippers. You can't buzz them. Yeah. We need nice long hairs. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, that's all I really have is a. a butt. You get any hair out of your ass? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you just, come on. Dig around no. back there. Sure, I guess. Oh, yeah, get some <laughs> off your balls too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd rather well, have Richard. The... We have to have you be uncomfortable a little bit. We're trying. Well, if I have JD's ass hairs on my face, I'll be uncomfortable. <laughs> Trust me. Hey, Dad. This is. Oh, hey, Bob. Guess what? I'm not. Here's the good news. I'm not making out with Ronnie anymore. Oh yeah. What are you gonna be doing? I'm gonna wear JD's pubes on my face we're gonna glue them on what do you think of that all oh, that i guess that's pretty good son would you watch that yeah i'd watch that would you watch that <laughs> i'm getting a dingleberry beard down that's what i'm worried about you better be wiping jd it was pretty weird. I was putting on my pube beard, and there were little white pieces of tissue in it. What do you think that means? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I'm going to gag just thinking about that. Yeah. yeah, but you'll still do it. I'll do it. It's a bet. You're supposed to do something you don't want to do. If you lose. Uh, My pube beard <laughs> smells like piss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, boys. What All are you right, doing? By, hey, by the way, Richard, what's this thing you're doing in the office now? You're handing out beer? Uh, Kind of trading beer with a lot of people. Yeah, I just, you know, I get a hold of some rare, cool You got to hear beers. this. This guy, he's, he's walking around the office, <laughs> like handing out beer. Uh-huh. And it's like that weird beer that he drinks, you know, from these the small craft breweries. The beers, yeah. Yeah, microbrewery stuff. And so, like, some of the guys told me they were feeling kind of, like, Mike Trainer told me, I was feeling weird about it because Richard was handing out beer and he never gave me a beer. And I felt, well, like, it looked ostracized. like fun. It looked like a good time. He was, he would go around and be like, Hey, John Blit, I got, I thought you might like this. Or, Hey, Derek, I thought you'd like this. And I, I thought I would like to get involved. So I, I brought him some beer. I what'd you forward. give him? I got this beer. I was in Vermont and I got a beer called Heady Topper that you can't get here. It only is for sale in Vermont. Best IPA ever. It's very good. We both like it. And it's, uh, unpasteurized and, uh, it's, it's, you're supposed to pasteurize. Yeah. You have to drink it quick. I didn't realize they did pasteurize beer, but I guess they do except for this. And you're supposed to drink it like fresh. It has, it's the Dom Perignon of beers. It is the best ever. Yes. Oh my God. And it's hard to get. And so, so now, and, yeah, and when Mike did that now, so now, uh, when I see Mike at the office, I'm bringing him beers. I already have a couple of rare beers uh, that, uh, set aside for him. Beautiful. So, what, so how do you decide who gets beer? A Johnny Apple drunk? What do you do? You like run around? How do you how do you decide that? You know, uh, I mean, like like why did Trainer not get beer, and then all of a sudden yeah, now I, he gets beer? I love. Well, I, I yeah, I haven't gotten beer, but uh, I've nothing. given you beer. You I have. gave you a charred walls of the damned beer. <laughs> <laughs> 
I've given everybody beer at one time or another. You, you just don't we drink. To, we used to I, do that all the time. Me and Richard used to trade off beer. Yeah. Oh, really? Uh, Ronnie no. loves pumpkin beer, so I turned him on to Southern Tier Pumpkin and all these great pumpkin beers. But I can't fill my backpack full of, like, 50 beers or I won't be able to walk. <laughs> so I bring them in, you know, a couple at a time to the office. And, like, the people that I know that are into craft beer, like, I'll I'll bring some to Chris Wilding eventually. I know he loves craft beer. Do you ever... Like when you when a guy hands you an unpasteurized beer, like w when I hear the word unpasteurized, I say, mm, oh, I'm going to die because, you know, I just, <laughs> I just think pasteurization is something you want. Like, like, do you ever like go, maybe, maybe I shouldn't drink this or you just just suck it down and go, yeah, OK, I, this is good. I didn't even know that that was the case or care. I would drink it no matter what. I've been drinking that beer since 2008. When it wow. first round, when it first came out, I it's love it, but it's hard I, to get around here. I checked the bottom. It was from December twenty eighth. It was it was canned, so it's fresh. You're supposed to drink it in a couple of weeks. Yeah, and so and you got to keep it real cold, or or it's not as good. But you don't yeah. worry that like maybe Mike brought it in and didn't refrigerate it properly. You don't care. You just drink no. it and say, "Let me Even, see what'll happen." Even if it was bad, it would still be good. You know, <laughs> that's he, he good eats that meat that's not bad that's been sent to him in the mail. Yeah, he doesn't care drink. about that stuff. How many beers did you drink at the Eagles game? Last <laughs> oh, it was a lot. Probably How many? 12, Give me 12, I'd say. So, good God. That's 20. So that's 20. <laughs> but, you know, I was responsible. I brought, there's these things called session IPAs. And they're real low alcohol IPAs, like 4% alcohol. So I, I brought those so I could nurse them. I knew it was going to be a marathon. Did you wear a diaper so you didn't have to miss the game? No, there was a bucket with kitty litter in it. Nearby, <laughs> and I just pissed in that. What do you mean? You forgot the kitty litter bucket? You, you, you brought to the game a kitty litter bucket? One of our friends did, and they put a little tent around it, and you just go in this little tent, and there's a bucket with kitty litter in it, and you just piss. And it Wait filled up. Somebody you had to go empty it and re-kitty litter it. Well, <laughs> you and your friends, like, devised a way to get a bucket into, like, at Eagle Stadium, don't they, like, wherever the hell the game was, was it, where was it in Philly? It was in Philly. Did it was you, in Philadelphia, you know, yeah. When you walk in with a big metal bucket filled with kitty litter, do they ever say, like, hey, you can't bring that in? <laughs> No, well, it, we were tailgating, so people bring yeah, it in the trucks in the and stuff. No, it's out in the parking lot. Like, oh, you mean you never you, actually saw the game? No, I went into the game during the game, but we got but there like seven do? hours early. What do you do tailgate. during the game when you got to piss and you're drinking all that beer? Oh, well, shit. then I go to a bathroom. And yeah, oh, you do? I'm, okay. Yeah, no, I act like a civilized human then, but <laughs> in the parking lot, I'm a Neanderthal. <laughs> <laughs> you got to devise ways to pee in the parking lot. Uh, the thing with the beer is, is like, like I know Richard will eat like old chicken, like chicken that's been <laughs> left out, and 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 Richard, like Richard used to bring yogurt into our office that smelled like feet. I mean, he'd leave it out overnight, like he'd leave out, like you don't leave yogurt out overnight, you know, you you put it in the and it's like well, just eat it. It's just disgusting. Remember the deer jerky that he got yeah. from home, yeah. and it it had opened during transit, and he and ate it gave it anyway. Well, it gave yeah. a few of my coworkers stomach aches. Too. Oh, <laughs> I <remember geez>. <laughs> well, Howard, it's so funny you say this. This morning, I was looking for a little something to eat, you know, before the show, 
and I, I found a, an energy bar and I looked at the date on it and it was 2020. I was like, is this going to be okay? And I opened it and smelled it. And so far I feel okay, but it's about three years old. <laughs> oh my. Rummaging through the trash like a raccoon. <laughs> and is there like a, is there an expiration? Like, yeah, like, I mean, he lives in a house. Like, go shopping, get some food. I mean, what? I, like, you what, know, they what? deliver food now, Richard. You don't even have to go out for it. I right. know, but you know, I was in a rush and it was the only thing in the pantry. I was like, I'll just eat it. <laughs> what was it? What was it? A bar? An energy, energy bar. bar. Yeah. Like, but it, and it, it expired, expired in 2020. Yeah. Wow. And you just, you just scarfed it down. <laughs> like, why do you yeah. think they have an expiration date on this stuff? Well, see, when I see best buy date, to me, that means it's, It'll taste better then, but you can still live if you eat it a few years later. <laughs> so, you had a second date with like a skull and crossbones. Like, okay, this is the real day. <laughs> yeah. Like, do you, like, let's say your wife or you make chicken for dinner. And then you're yeah. done and there's leftovers. Do you guys just leave it out on the counter for like a no. few days? No. Well, you that put it back in the refrigerator? Yeah, yeah. Because my wife eats normal. She's not like me where she'll eat old stuff. She doesn't eat garbage. No. (laughs) But I just grew up, you know, I grew up on a farm. We ate a lot of weird stuff. A lot of, like my parents used to go to a store that sold expired stuff. And it was real cheap, like a quarter of the price. And so I always ate expired Twinkies, expired like all old foods. So I'm just used to it. We're going yeah, well. to the expired store. You need anything? <laughs> yeah, my grandparents yeah. and my parents, well, they used to make a trip a day out of it because it was like an hour away. And they're like, we're going to the expired store. We're going to load up. And they'd load up <laughs> the trunk with expired food and bring back. like And the bread, some of it, they'd find out it was moldy after they oh. opened it up. and the, <laughs> But they'd just throw away the moldy pieces and eat the rest. Hey, bub. We're going to the expired store. You need anything? <laughs> Want some yeah, chunky yeah. milk? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they it's got any of that? Cheese now. <laughs> they got any of that unpasteurized milk? <laughs> <laughs> oh. I mean, could oh. they get like meat at the expired store? Like you'd see chicken at the expired mm. store? No, I don't. I think uh, there might have been laws against that because it was mostly <laughs> it was mostly like, like bakery stuff, like bread. I like that they went all the way back. to the expired store to get Twinkies, you know. Like, that's what he, <laughs> and they weren't even Twinkies; they were some off-brand of Twinkies. Right? They just look like he's a gross man, yeah. a stinky, 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 stinky man. <laughs> To show his smelly, smelly ass. Yeah. Richard is a stinky man. My butthole's talented. Doesn't like to shower. No. Dirty, 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 dirty guy. I love that smell. Runs five miles and doesn't wash his body. I don't think Richard so. Richard is a filthy man. <laughs> dun, dun. Can't argue How about with that. <laughs> the best story was Richard would put his yogurt in his backpack overnight so he didn't forget it. And the second he opened the lid, the whole office reeked. Like, if you smelled this yogurt, I don't even know how to describe it. And it's like, you know, like, you would just go, I can't eat this. Like, this morning, I opened my yogurt, and I guess it had, like, been defrosted and then kind of froze or something. It looked, it looked chunky. And I was uh-huh. like, I'm not going to eat. You know, I'm not going to eat this. It looks right, something happened it to it. I threw it away, and I got another one. I mean, I didn't like that doing that, but I had to do it. And, I mean... Couldn't you have put a sign on the door that said, Richard, don't forget your yogurt and then leave it in the refrigerator? You know what I mean? Like, why would you put yogurt in a backpack for 12 hours? 
That's you know what, Howard, you're making a great point. I could have, <laughs> but I didn't. But I, you know, what's funny. I didn't even used to use a spoon. I could like drink the yogurt. Oh. I would just open it up and drink it out of the yogurt <laughs> thing. And, and Howard, you I never... was in the office with Richard. It, literally, as he peeled the lid off the yogurt, it smelled like fucking feet. Like like you hadn't showered for a week, and like you were taking dirty socks off. The whole office stunk. Blue and then he eats it. yogurt. Yeah. yeah, he's like, oh, yeah. so good. <laughs> this is so Adam's good. Up, uh. up. <laughs> and with his old chicken, too, he would eat this old chicken. Uh, and I'd be like, how, how old is the leftover? He's like, oh, it's like a week, like more than seven days. It'd be like in the... Half of it was chicken, and then there was like this liquid, this discolored liquid, that, and he would Jeez. drink that too with the old chicken. He oh. drank the liquid. Oh, it'd be like in a plastic bag or something. He'd just slop it on the fucking plate, <laughs> heat it up. I used to ask Sal. I'd ask Sal for advice. I'm like, Sal, I found some seven day old chicken. Do you think it's okay? And Sal would always say yes, just because he wants to see me get, if I get sick or not. <laughs> and sometimes right after he ate the chicken he'd go oh he'd grab his stomach and go oh no and he'd run to the bathroom <laughs> <laughs> hey Sal you think this dead meat I found on the side of the road's any good yeah sure buddy no problem <laughs> oh my well my God. parents used to find animals that had been hit by cars and I if know. they w and if they were fresh, they'd smell it. And if it didn't have that rotten <laughs> smell to it, they'd bring it home. I would love a video. Driving by and seeing a guy leaning over some roadkill, smelling it, and yeah, then I would putting love, it in his car. I would love a video of that. Like, like your dad, <laughs> like he's driving along and he goes, "Hey, bub, look over there. There's a, like a dead deer." And like. You know, and you know, you've seen those deer by the side of the road. It's pretty nasty. And you, oh, hmm, let me go over and smell it. And then, like your dad would, like, like you'd be in the car, fresh. yeah, you'd be in your car, and then your dad would just like go over and start sniffing the deer in front of yeah, the people. He'd go check yeah. it, yeah. And, and then, then let's say throw it in the back of the truck if it was good. Wow, wow. Would he ever like say, well, part of it's rotten, but the rest of it looks pretty good. <laughs> no, I think if even a part of it was, I remember I would watch him do it. And some, if I saw him jump back and almost throw up, I'd be like, okay, we're not eating that tonight. Yeah, there's part of a bumper in the deer. That is not dinner. <laughs> Extra imagine seasoning how, on that. <laughs> imagine how bad uh, like that animal had to be in order for his dad to like kind of go, yeah, we're going to pass on this one. <laughs> I was really worried about Thanksgiving, but we just found a bunch of dead pigeons, so Thanksgiving <laughs> saved, bub. Oh, that's great, Dad. What's the, sh what's the shittiest thing your dad ever found on the side of the road that you had to eat? Turtle. A snapping turtle. Oh, wow. And it was, it was nasty. Dead. Yeah. It was dead on the it, side of the road. And what was it? Smashed flat. Oh, <laughs> smashed flat. So it had been flattened by people running over it. Yeah, but oh. apparently it was recently flattened enough where he like your it dad, home. Your dad has confidence enough to say, yep, I trust that this has been recently flattened. Like he. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Somehow How he do you knew. Get, 
How do you get that skill? Like, like I guess you check first for like maggots and shit like that, right? Visual, yeah, visual inspection, and, yeah. Yeah, and the the color of the meat, I guess, too. But he has like, he's like a Superman with some of these skills that he has. Like, he used to drive, and he could see there were these birds called quail that he used to love to hunt. He could see one like two hundred yards away hiding in the grass, and I'd be like, I don't know how the hell you see that. Like, he was like had this. I don't know, sixth sense of knowing <laughs> about sense. animals. So in other words, like, no one in the family would notice that the turtle was flattened on the side of the road, but as the old man's driving, he goes, hold it, everyone. And, like, the, the tires screech, and the, the, the car comes to a halt, and, like, you're like, didn't you all see that tur turtle over there? And, you know, you yeah. go, what? What do you mean, Dad? And then, like, your dad would pull over and go and sniff the turtle and inspect it. Yep. And, and then throw it into the truck, and then mm -hmm. you guys would take it home. And then would you? What would your dad do? Hand it to your mom, and then she took over yeah. and cooked it. She'd take the shell uh, or take the meat out of the shell and uh, <laughs> yeah, cook it. And it was the <laughs> nastiest, nastiest shit. Yeah, were, were you picking out shell uh, out of the uh, the <laughs> dish she made? Yeah, I think so. Right? I hurt yeah. my tooth. I just, I just bit into the shell. And like you, did, were your parents the type that were like you got to eat this, son? You know, we got to be grateful for what we have. You gotta was, finish what's on. It was that or nothing. Yeah, it was like <laughs> you know, I didn't really have a choice. And 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 how far could it? Because it was you, your sister, and your mother and father. I mean, could a turtle feed the whole family? Usually a dinner and then maybe a lunch or leftovers. Whoa. Yeah. There's that much meat on a turtle? Oh, some of them, the, the, uh, alligator snappers get big, like 20, 25, 30 pounds, I think. And yeah, the meat big. is like, what do you do with the meat? Do you boil it? Oh, you know, that's a good question. I think my mom would boil it or sometimes she put it in a crock pot. I remember yeah. the turtle. Oh, the turtle meat! It would stink up the whole house like for a day, like while it's cooking. It's oh. like, no, 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 no wonder you're. Turtle. No wonder you're okay with kissing Ronnie. I mean, the shit you put in that mouth, exactly. it's fucking believable. My God, if someone with a normal diet ate that, they'd probably get violently sick. It's like yeah. when you go to a country where you can't drink the water, but everybody in that country does drink the water. Like right, right. Richard and his family must have like iron stomachs <laughs> i think richard's country. family should, i think when when richard's family passed away they should study them open them up and study and see what's living in there <laughs> nobody's <laughs> gonna do what they did to get that super immunity a, a turtle that's not dead smells bad have you ever just smelled a turtle and they're eating yeah. one that got hit by a car i can't imagine that and you know like and then you go to you know you, nor i mean i don't want to say someone's abnormal but i mean you'd sit there and go gee you know I don't know what tires ran over this thing. I mean, even that's disgusting. And, and, so they might have ran over dog shit right before yeah. or something. Yeah, and, and maybe like even the turtle was so sick that it was like had rabies and couldn't figure out not to go in the road or something. You know what I mean? It's like a dumbass turtle and he's, he's <laughs> elderly and sick. Leprosy. I heard some of them have leprosy or something. Really? Like that's what I'm saying. Oh. Yeah, like, you know. <laughs>
<laughs> I don't know. I'm looking at this here turtle, but I think the crock pot will get the leprosy out. <laughs> that will cook out the leprosy. <laughs> Extra hour for that. Yeah. It you just cut off that part. You know, you cut off the leprosy. <laughs> like they, like, like we, you know, in New York, we have a homeless problem. They don't even serve roadkill to homeless people. You know what I mean? Like they, they, they these food banks at least get some nice food. They don't even go to the expired store. They, they no. get regular food. Yeah. <laughs> Man, turtle, fuck, roadkill turtle, dude. And like, Snapping was there a turtle, sauce yeah. involved, or like, do you just eat the meat like kind of like a steak <laughs> with ketchup? The funny How's thing that's... is, I remember like my parents hardly ever used any seasonings there. Oh, <laughs> it was oh, kind of plain. Yeah. <laughs> I think maybe salt and pepper if we were lucky. <laughs> Honey, I thought we were eating a turtle, but I accidentally ate my shoe. Oh, that's okay, honey. Uh, it was probably the same consistency, Howard. It was so chewy. It was so, oh, so, so when you serve the turtle, like, I guess you slice it in like, like what you do with a roast beef. Like you kind of just have slivers, you know, and you, and then maybe some potatoes on the side or, or some kind of fixings. Yeah, well, probably potatoes. That's right. But from what I remember, I think when it's in a crock pot, it's more like a pulled pork type consistency. Right. So I'm wondering if falls apart. Yeah. She wouldn't even make it a chili or something and just throw the meat in there so it'd get taken up by the sauce. No, No, that'd be too many seasonings, Rob. (laughs) We did have raccoon chili before, though, Rob. And my what about mom used to make raccoon chili? So if your mom gave you the sort of unseasoned turtle from the roadkill and there was some mashed potatoes, what my strategy would be is to like kind of glop the mashed potatoes into the meat and kind of make my own kind of goulash. If you yeah, will. I, you that's know. what I did. I tried to cover up that turtle as much as I could. Was it tough? Was it? Oh, real chew- tough. Oh. Oh, Chewy. Yeah. I only, we only ever ate it. Or I only ever ate it once. I didn't like it so much that my <laughs> parents didn't make me eat it again. What's wrong with you, boy? You know, it's a, people in Europe are starving. They would love this turtle. What's wrong with you? Oh, my God. Well, anyway, uh, here's Richard's dad describing how to prepare roadkill. Uh, Richard, this is your dad. I just heard Howard was wondering if we ever ate any roadkill or anything like that. Yeah, we have. We, if we see, you know, know it's fresh, and see if we run over it, or if we go by then come back, well, it's there like rabbits or squirrels or something like that. It's fresh. Well, yeah, we'll eat it. And then a lot of times we'll have a guinea run over around here in front of the house and go out there and find it, skin Isn't that it, a racial up, slur? eat it. A lot of times they get run over Sad out there. But, you know, if a chicken or something just falls dead in the yard, I ain't going to eat it because damn thing might have a bird flu or something. So I ain't going to eat it if it just drops dead. But if it gets run over or something like that, well, well yeah, I'll eat it. Something like that. They're pretty, them old rabbits are pretty good. But, but uh, yeah, we eat roadkill. We'll talk to you later.
But. <laughs> no, he won't. <laughs> <laughs> and a guinea is a type of chicken, and they are the I loudest, know. noisiest things. They used to bust me when I'd come home late <laughs> after that, I was out drinking in high school. There'd be 50 of those fucking things in the yard, and they would start going nuts as soon as I pulled up, and I couldn't sneak in the house, and my parents wake up, and I'd be busted. <laughs> What's your mom's first name? Patricia. Hey, Patricia. Fire up the crock pot. You ain't gonna believe this. Someone over there left a perfectly good rotting deer carcass on the side of the road. We just hit pay dirt. How and big son, was that crock pot? I know you like potato big. chips, but I just stepped on a roach, and I think that'd make a nice crispy snack. <laughs> Hey, Dad, there's some um, some tire rubber in my chicken. <laughs> well, that's because uh, whoever ran them over uh, must have left some of his tires in there. That, that like must have been retreads. <laughs> <laughs> Howard, you know oh, the that's only... all right. We'll 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 just take that rubber and make it a corn dog. <laughs> <laughs> You know what one of the grossest things I ever ate was? Was a, a tongue, a bull tongue. It was so, I couldn't even bite through it. It was nasty. Oh. It looked like a tongue? It looked like a giant tongue. It was the oh. weirdest thing. Oh. Oh. My grandma don't worry. made it. Don't, don't worry about grandma's tongue, son. We got maggot pie for dessert. It's okay. Uh-oh, cousin Jed just passed away. Patricia better chop them up and put them in the crock pot. No sense wasting them. No sense burying them. Every dinner was a surprise. It was. I always say Richard's family would have survived. With, you know, like if there was a zombie apocalypse like on Walking Dead, Richard's family, they'd be laughing at all of you. You big city folk who are sitting there yeah, running yeah. from the zombies. In, in the apocalypse, everybody's robbing stores until they're empty. Yeah. They would never even look for a store. Well, we yeah, got we... snowed in a lot. We'd be snowed yeah. in for four or five days, and they'd just oh. reach into the deep freeze and find a surprise and eat that. <laughs> also might That's start right. a zombie infection. That's what happens on that show, Last of Us. It's like a fungal thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what's a good show is Tales of the Walking Dead. You guys watching that? Anybody beside me watch that? Tales of the Walking Dead? I haven't seen that one yet. Mm -hmm. Fucking awesome. Yeah. It was pretty good. Yeah, that was pretty good and made me hungry. <laughs> I'm telling you. I my my parents, my parents said, finish your squirrel stew, boy, or there'll be no hoof pie for dessert. <laughs> and I wanted that. It was, yeah, it was pie made from like hooves of different animals. Howard, I've like eaten hooves. Like jello. You have eaten hoof? You, you can eat it? Pig's feet, yeah, pig's hooves. <laughs> it was that okay. Now that I see, I keep thinking of this weird shit I've eaten in my life. That's the nastiest shit I ever ate. Pickled <laughs> pig's feet. Oh, <laughs> it was pickled. And it's it's a hoof, and you just chew the meat off of the side of it. It was fucking gross. <laughs> like a, a like hoof. an animal. Yeah, it was yeah. in a big jar, a pickled jar. And, and it, uh, it still had nails and all that. It was <laughs> yeah, from what I remember, it's just a hoof with a white hoof with white meat on the side of it. <laughs> My fraternity yeah. hazed me and it made me eat that. They're bones. You spit out bones. It's disgusting. Ugh. I'll tell you, the, 
The road is our grocery store. We've never <laughs> been in one of them regular stores. Hey, Richard, your eyeball soup's getting cold. Why don't you tell your friend to stop chasing you around naked and come down here and eat? <laughs> Most people get upset if they run over an animal. Richard's dad must have been like excited. He like, starts his hands together. Oh, that's uh, you know going to be good tonight. <laughs> hey, you city folk ever eat goat dick omelet? It's good. Oh, yeah, with, with with cheese. My dad used to save raccoon dicks, and and they get hard, and he'd call them an Arkansas toothpick. And uh, oh, yeah. I, don't know if, I don't know if he ever actually picked his teeth with one, but he used to but save could you, them. He, could you get meat off of a raccoon's dick? No, well, it was no, it was a little hard thing, almost like a toothpick. It was weird. I don't know if he like uh, dried it out or how it worked, but yeah. <laughs> it was weird. Hey, hey, uh, Richard, you think these pickled pig assholes will keep for months, <laughs> or do you should we eat them now? <laughs> All right, listen, I'm gonna throw up. Enough of that. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Oh, no, don't be sorry. That's a gem. That's a gem. All right, look. Did anybody um, ever come over for dinner, Richard? <laughs> oh, oh yeah. We, I remember yeah. my mom took a crock pot uh, to a Christmas party, and some woman was eating the meat. She made a sandwich uh, uh, with two pieces of bread and the meat that my mom brought, and she's like, this is delicious. What is it? And my mom goes, oh, that's raccoon meat. And the woman wanted to fight my mom. Like, she got really mad that she didn't yeah, tell like, her. Like, maybe warn people before they uh, eat yeah. that shit. Yeah. I was a little oh, kid, and we had to leave the party. Like, she got real. the woman got really mad. <laughs> oh, uh, Patricia, what am I eating here? It's delicious. That's raccoon balls. <laughs> Step outside. I'm going to beat you up. No, you know what? Uh, I spent, I, spent, I spent a little time in Kansas. Uh, someone invited me to a potluck dinner. I said, I'll, I'll stay in my hotel. It's okay. <laughs> potluck. Yeah, I, I, oh, that, not that lucky. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, a few years ago, my parents went to a potluck dinner in the little town by where they live. There was yeah. a guy in front of them eating stuff with his hands. Like oh. he would reach into a crock pot. <laughs> Grab stuff with his hands and eat it. He didn't even have a plate, and oh. so they left because they didn't want to eat after this guy had stuck yeah. his hands wow. and everything. Yeah, we had some good dish, and then I said, "Hey, what's the secret ingredient? It's a gerbil." <laughs> <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> ah, ah, this gerbil is good. Fried gerbil. Oh, man. Hey, by the way. It, just to be completely on another topic, before I take this little break, you know, I'm watching, uh, you know, they found a former vice president, uh, whatever that guy's name was, the one with Trump, Pence. The, Mark he, Pence, he, they, yeah. The Mike, Mike Pence. Pence. They got some secret documents that uh, he had. Biden had secret documents. Trump had secret documents. And, I, you know, I was thinking about this. The one, the one consistent in all this is this fucking thing they call the National Archive. If they go, and now the National Archive is, is reporting that uh, Biden and Trump and Pence have returned these documents. I go, you know, my local library in Roosevelt was more responsible with books 
and stuff. Like, I don't understand. Doesn't the National Archive... Yeah, how do they archive... not know where these top secret or classified yeah, documents I mean, go? If they're so top secret, why isn't anybody mad at, like, like, like the, whoever's the librarian in charge should kind of, like, the <laughs> G, you know, don't you guys at least hand out a little slip or you need a library card to check something out of the National Archives or, or top secret documents? I don't get it. I don't get it. But, you know, Anyway, and why that's does just everybody throw them in something and and not know that they took them? You know, that's the other thing. I'm like, somehow nobody knows they have them. Yeah, well, I get a feeling when these guys have their office, they have all kinds of secret documents, and then they hire a bunch of kids. They got a lot of so-called interns in Washington D.C. <laughs> and like these interns, they go, they go, yeah, well, my office was cleaned out by interns, and they brought this shit home. And they go, well, I, I, I said, do you guys sure there's no secret documents in there? Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, unbelievable. I remember in my local library, I used to shit my pants because it was a 25 cent a week late fee. And I'd be like, shit, if my father sees that I'm not checking books yeah. out of the library and there's, I get a late fee, he's going to kick my fucking ass. They knew you had that book and you got yeah. noticed. Fuck yeah, they did. Once in a while, you'll hear a story about somebody that forgot a book from the 70s, and they have like a $50,000 late fee at a library, something like that. Blockbusters did business from that shit, yeah. yeah. Yep, they sure did. They knew where those videos were. Oh, I worked at a video store. I would get a list every day of what, you know, call these people, that your, your videos are due. <laughs> did they ever yell at you or get mad? Sometimes, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah? Did they come in a few minutes later and just shove the videos down the street really <laughs> aggressively and then walk out? I'd love what to hear that phone call. with you? Yeah, I'd love to hear that phone call you made. Like, you're the enforcer for the video store? Must be great. <laughs> yeah. Like, it would be like, um, uh, hello, who's this? Sir, I don't know what the fuck you're saying. You better get your video back here right now, friend. <laughs> what? You like you you owe us videos or whatever. Or whatever. <laughs> or whatever. Yep. <laughs> I pray hey, are you the guy who's making out with Ronnie? <laughs> no. I'm not doing that. I'm shaving my head and my pubes. Wow. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah that, well, it was the worst part of the job. <laughs> but you had a list of where those videos were, and you tracked those assholes down, right? <laughs> yeah. You, you <laughs> he went even through knew the, the name of the video. Yo, I yeah, didn't right. know how much. Uh, <laughs> hey, sir, we need that copy of Top Gun yesterday. Hurry up. <laughs> oh, I mean, the worst was when it was like a Girls Gone Wild or something. <laughs> you had to go like, uh, your copy, you know. I hey, you pervert, you. bring your video back. <laughs> yeah, something like that. You can rent that? That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, that's gross, renting Girls Gone Wild. You should buy your own personal copy of that. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, join yeah. the club. You know it's coming back stained. Right. Let me ask you something, uh, J.D. Can you reenact? Like, let's take yourself back to the video store, and I've, uh, I'm have i like two weeks late on my a Girls Gone Wild video. What do <laughs> okay. you say? Like, call me, call me up. All right, I'll, go, I'll use the phone. Hello? Yes, uh, Mr. Uh, Stern, uh, I, this is the, uh, uh, JD from the movie gallery, or J Jamie from the movie gallery. I have seen, uh, you have some videos out late. Don't you know uh, your own name, sir? <laughs> Are you JD or Jamie? I'm Jamie, I'm Jamie. 
Uh, it's a vi- yeah, the videos out late, and uh, you know you went there return them. <laughs> I can't remember how exactly it went, but it was it was very was uncomfortable. Yeah. Hey, yeah, fuck you! Like you that. sound like a real pussy. I think I can beat your ass. <laughs> yeah. well, the girl's gone I'm wild keep- for two weeks. <laughs> yeah, I'm keeping my girls gone wild. But by the way, that girls gone wild tape isn't in too good a shape anyway. I think, I think you should let me keep it. I came on it. <laughs> yeah, there, I'd say Gunked something like up. this. Is just a reminder that you have a couple videos out that are you know two hey, days pal. late. Hey, pal, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do if I don't return it? What are you going to uh, do? Uh, I guess I'll have to refer to my manager or something. I'll what are you going to do? Shave your pubes off and make me wear them? All right, sir. I think this is done. Thank you very Not much. Thank you. <laughs> hey, pal, why don't you come down here and get your Girls Gone Wild video? You know, fuck yourself. <laughs> Yeah. All right, very good. You're uh, you're you're quite the enforcer, I tell you. Oh yeah, yeah, I love it. All right, JD, uh, good luck with your Bengals. Richard, good luck Thank with you. your uh, yeah. Who knows? Good luck, Richard. Chiefs. Bengals. Go Chiefs. Go Bengals. 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 Cincinnati. Bengals. Cincinnati Bengals. That's how you say it. <laughs> Bengals. All right. Bengals. Bengals. All right, boys. The uh, Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Um, we're the richest country on the planet tenfold, a hundredfold. When somebody leaves office, they shouldn't have interns cleaning their office and, like, packing up their stuff. Yeah, I mean, if you've got the most, the second most important job in the world or the first most important job in the world, and you know you've been handling classified information, wouldn't you have somebody with a a high clearance cleaning out those things? They have interns. I I read about (laughs) this stuff. They get, for some reason in Washington, when it comes to clearing out your office, you get interns. I mean, even we stopped using interns because it was ridiculous. You know what I mean? But, yeah. but, uh, but, but honestly, like the library has a great system. Hey, little Howard, you checked out a book. You've got to return that book. I and mean, they, they would a... chase down little kids. Yeah. Library. Oh my God. I was traumatized. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I took out a book. I didn't even want to take out a book. My parents forced me to take out a book, but I mean, I, I, I don't know how we handle our nation's top secrets, but it's not like, oh, you know, hey, uh, uh, Vice President Pence, here's the rundown on the Iranian nuclear program. And he's like, oh, okay, cool. And then nobody writes down, hey, we gave Mike Pence the Iranian nuclear program. Right. They don't say to him before he leaves office, you owe us this many documents because you took them out and never returned them. What I'm saying, let's get some librarians in there. How much could they cost? Well, whatever. Anyway, I did tell you a couple of days ago, a couple of things here I wanted to get to. First of all, this is just a programming note. There's going to be a special. I don't know who keeps track of this shit, but this is crazy. I never would have kept track of this. But uh, here it is. Uh, This month marks writer benji bronx 25th anniversary of working on our show yay wow who knew 25 years 25 years benji bronx. 25 years 
And I guess we're going to celebrate on Howard 101, a big broadcast. Is that on, something to celebrate? <laughs> I don't know. The, the, you know, it, it's crazy. It really isn't a celebration. When you hear it, it'll, it'll probably get him fired because it gets me all riled up. <laughs> it's like celebrating all the times he's been late to work oh, and all no. the fuck ups and everything. Each each day of the special will focus on a different Benji theme. Uh, for example, one day is Benji's. It's dedicated to Benji's lateness, which is ridiculous <laughs> because they better keep me away from that radio. But, yeah, don't you tune in that day. Benji's been late to work many times, too numerous to count. He used to sit in the studio with us live, and he, he loved it. But I found it incredibly distracting because he'd come in late. In 2016, I finally had to kick him out of the studio. Here's a little, uh, here's a little walk down memory but lane. But he, he refuses to. In the last to. four years, do you know how many times I've been late? Uh, I know at least uh, two or three times. Okay. <laughs> so I, mean, I don't know exactly many, but nobody's here. tracking it. But you shouldn't have been late at all. That's, and, and, that's, that's right. But don't, but but you're, it, you're. It's enough that it's a habit. It's bothering me. And and by the way, do not sit in the studio anymore. All right, we got to move you out. I don't. Do we have room out there for him? Apparently. We do? Yeah, we have room. We can always find room. All right. <laughs> we actually have a setup ready to go right now. All right. Put him out there. Right. He could never hold a real job. These guys don't even know. You know, when I started in radio, I had to open up the radio station. If I was late... It, 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 nothing was no, happened. Nothing happened. <laughs> I was never late. You know why? I had four alarm clocks. Whatever it took. I'm so fucking motivated. You know, um, any other job would just fire you he's lucky i prefer public shaming to actual firing <laughs> that's how he uh kept his job anyway uh and, and and i should mention it's not just work benji's late for lots of things and he's always he always has an excuse in fact he's been late to so many things that we created a game around it Let's see how oh, really? you do, Robin. Yeah, okay. to celebrate uh, Benji's 25th anniversary, let's play What Was Benji's Excuse? Hi, everybody. I'm oh. Howard Stern. Let's play What Was Benji's Excuse? And I hesitate making a game out of this because then it only encourages bad behavior, but okay. All right, I'm going to give you a few options, and you guess what was Benji's excuse for being All late. Right. I'm going to try. Right. Benji was late to my 50th birthday party in 2004. What was his excuse? A, his dog had diarrhea. B, he was buying outfits with his girlfriend. C, he had a leak in his apartment. I think it's B. He was buying outfits with his girlfriend? All right, let's yeah. find out. I can't, maybe you're right. I don't even know. What were you thinking? Uh, my girlfriend and I really wanted to get outfits and we found out Wednesday so we we were shopping you can't go get an outfit you can't get a suit I did get a suit Friday like this is your move I noticed you're late to a lot of stuff and so, it's, it's, so don't like ever morning. invite him to anything why do you think it's some psychological <laughs> because move I know it is what? because you've even said to you me know, you like wait, to show up late what you did I say that? that Benji yeah. was making his entrance yeah. I mean this this is such a bad idea, this special, because it gets me so fucking aggravated. Like, if, some, if your boss, if your boss invites you to something and you're late because you're picking out, like, you go pick out an outfit five <sighs> days in advance. Yeah, don't you just prepare for that and make sure you're not late? Benji was late to Ronnie's summer staff party in 2019. What was his excuse, Robin? A, he had to tie up loose ends at his home. 
B, he saw an old friend on the street and they went to lunch. C, he decided to get a massage to relax before the party. I'm going to say C. (laughs) That can't be right. But all right, here you go. C, he decided to get a massage to relax before the party. If that's the answer, I'm firing him right now. (laughs) Uh, You have headaches? I did have headaches that day. (laughs) And also, when I'm going to go somewhere, I start having a million things I have to get done. Yeah. And I can get done. What did you have to get done? I, I don't even remember. Like, oh, oh this is I great- had to track a hurricane. <laughs> it's, it's like, because I realize when I'm going to go somewhere, it's almost like I'm, it's like anxiety. Like, I, if I get all this shit done, I. So what did you I'm, have to do? All those kinds of, like, loose ends I tie up before I leave. Oh, <laughs> oh God. Uh, yeah, I'll be at the mm-hmm. party soon. I just have to do my taxes and bury a cum hat. <laughs> Didn't Benji show up to like a like a 10 p.m. to a party that started at two o'clock? If I remember, I, you know. I, I'm sure that he's done all of that. I know the time that you invited us all to this dinner at a restaurant. We were all sitting there waiting to eat because Benji wasn't there. Oh, that's one of the questions. You're going to do well on that one. Hold on. <laughs> all right. You remember when uh, we booked a chartered plane to take all of us to yes. Bubba the Love Sponge's wedding? And yes. Benji was late. Like, like, he just showed up like he was the last one in the plane. Was his excuse he couldn't find his driver's license? B, he was dropped off at the wrong terminal. C, he had to iron his suit. Good Lord. I know. It's hard. It couldn't be that he had to iron his suit. He's getting on a plane. So I'm going to say, what <laughs> yeah. was B? Uh, he was dropped off at the wrong terminal. All right. That's what I'm going to say. I thought the airport was just like one little shack. And that was a whole airport. I didn't realize there was lots of different terminals. Um, so it was a huge mistake. It w- I, I really fucked up. I got to the airport on time, but I I was dropped off by a cab at a terminal. It wasn't our terminal. Oh, he's the only one who was late. All right, see how you do with this one. When Benji was late to a Peloton Live class with Mehmet in 2019, what was his excuse? A, he wanted a shower first. B, he fell asleep on the subway. C, his credit card wasn't working in the cab. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> or the dog ate his homework. Uh, I'm going to say A on this one. All right, he wanted to shower first. Seems reasonable. The class was at 1245. I talked to Benji at 1225. He said, I'm one minute away. He didn't walk in until 30 minutes Yeah, later. and I get a report on him. He showed up today at work at 6.56. He's playing with fire. He knows it, too. I, yesterday at Peloton, I got off at the wrong... I got off between 5th and 6th instead of 6th and 7th. How do you do that? And then my, I just forgot. I hadn't been there for a couple weeks, and my credit card uh, wasn't working on the cab. <laughs> so he's like, oh, God. It's impossible. Yeah, I know. It, that it, all these well, things happen to the same person. 25 years of Benji. I thought my cock looks nice. Shut the fuck up, Benji. Wow. All right, here's the one. When Benji was late at the dinner party where Robin ordered an $800 bottle of wine in 2009. have to throw that in. I know. I knew that would be said. (laughs) Had nothing to do with the question, but... (laughs) Had to get it in. I mean, Benji is the Superman of excuses. So we had this uh, beautiful dinner party. I invite, you know, I'm Benji's boss. I'm inviting him. And a lot of people work on this show, but it was a small dinner party and I decided to invite Benji. 
Because yeah. I think my wife was open to it. I, I did not want to invite him. I know <laughs> he's always late. He, I know he's going to aggravate me. It was classy dinner. I think it was a Danielle, Danielle restaurant. Danielle, yeah. Yeah, it was a, Robin was there. Fred was there with his wife. Um, you know, Gary. It, 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 Gary. It was, Gary it was really Gary, intimate. Yeah. Yeah, it was nice. We were having a great time. And, of course, Benji's late. All right. What was his excuse? He wanted to buy Robin a thank you gift. B, he miscalculated how long it would take to get ready. C, he stopped a mugging in the street. It was B. He miscalculated how long it would take to get ready. Yes. Yeah, I think you're right. Gary, what was his... Fred, do you know... I know his exact answer. Go ahead, Robin. I started to get ready at 6.15. And I miscalculated. Yeah. Now, the guy has to throw on a suit. And get and come here. I mean, uh, what? yeah. Who knows what getting ready is? But he didn't get ready until six fifteen. Start to get ready until yeah. six fifteen. So like 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 a chick. He shows up late. Like I'm on a date with this guy. But seven thirty dinner. Seven o'clock. Seven o'clock dinner. Six fifteen. He shows up seven thirty. <laughs> First of all, I got there at seven twenty. Yeah, it was. Um, he miscalculated. And that's the other irritating thing. You say he got there at seven thirty. He goes. First of all, it was seven twenty. Like that's better. It's not better. He should have been the first one there. And you know what's weird? I remember that dinner because I I didn't invite Will or Jason yeah. or JD who've been working here who you know, all a long time. come on time. Yeah, I gave that <laughs> invite to Benji, and then he fucked me anyway. I, is it too late for me to cancel the Benji special on Howard 101 <laughs> next week? Why are we honoring this guy? Oh, it drives me nuts. Anyway, uh, it drives me nuts. It does. I, I, here, here's me going. I mean, oh. well, Benji, what do we do now? Oh. Don't be late. Don't, 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 don't be late. I don't know what to do with you. Don't be late. Don't be late. You're late. What do you think I should do? Oh. Yeah, this is song. Anyway, um, Benji. Here's another. Ben, you know Samantha who works with us? She, uh, her father died in 2019. For some reason, she invited Benji to the funeral. And they, what happened? Benji was late for your father's funeral and fucked things up? Well, it was very nice that the staff came to my dad's funeral. It was very, very touching. I um, wouldn't want this staff at my father's <laughs> funeral. You're crazy. Oh, I mean, it was before COVID. It was very sweet. It was, it was very sweet. You want so that the, bunch of degenerates at your dad's funeral? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So on the way out, you know, you kind of hug people as you leave. And I was carrying my dad's ashes. Uh, and my cousin stops me. She goes, I can't believe it. I go, I know. It's just dad. He's dead. I can't. And she goes, no. Benji was late. <laughs> and and how did that affect her? How did it affect your cousin? Like, was she? I mean, I think she was a fan of the show. She's also my dad's right. god goddaughter. And she was, I think, a little starstruck. And she also, I think she was like, oh, my God, it's not shtick. Like, he right. was, this guy yeah, was late can't today. believe he's late. Right. Well, you know, general. my psychiatrist, I think, would say the guy needs constant attention. You know, it's a... He need it's it's ridiculous how much attention he needs. In other words, when you're late, everyone kind of notices you. What was his excuse for being late to your father's funeral? I didn't. 
Howard, I was holding my dad's ashes. I was really preoccupied. (laughs) You know what I mean? I mean, part of I laughed a little, and then I was like, "I'm not going to remember this." And then later that night, I mentioned it to my husband in passing, just something to smile about. And he goes, "Yeah, no, that yeah, he was he was late, and you was late." (laughs) He was like, he was jealous of your father getting all that attention, and he had to steal the thunder from your dad, from your from your deceased father. I mean, I started making excuses like it was at Greenwood Cemetery, which is in Brooklyn. It's far from a train. And then I went, <laughs> covered hold on. Him. Yeah. And then That's I'm sweet. like, hold on a second. It, it, everyone else was on time. And then right. it's like, no, but that was so nice of him to come. Like, I didn't want to. Wow. But I did remember that the, this story when this game came up. <laughs> so fucking ridiculous. I mean, you know, it's like, like that's your M.O. You're the guy who shows up late and always has an excuse. And it's like, like, don't you ever examine yourself and go, I don't want to get started with Benji. Just me ask one question. Do you ever examine yourself and say, wow, I'm always late. Like there's some psychological or I don't want to be that guy. Do you ever get there? Um, Yeah, no, it's, I'm sure there's psychological reasons. I don't think it's the reasons you're, 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 I don't think it's to get attention. At least, are we making, it absolutely is. Are we, it's a narcissistic behavior. Are you, are you, um, are you at least mortified or are you, or is this encouraging you, the special? Is the special saying, you know what? Gee, I'm going to continue to be late because, wow, look, it's my whole thing. I'm getting a special out of this. I do like being talked about. Like I'm hearing this, and like, oh my god, this is this. That part is great, but yeah, right. At the, well, you're not embarrassed, right? You no, don't no, care. I am. At the times, I'm embarrassed, but now, years later, you like? I'm it. not. All right. Um, well, I then mean, I'm making I, I, a mistake because I'm <laughs> celebrating. Benji. With, hey, didn't Benji also uh, want to uh, have sex with your sister, Sam? Like, didn't he? Uh, that was another thing too yeah we talked about you know i get caught in the vortex a lot and i I really like benji and you know i was a fan of the show before i started working here so i I just i love everybody who works here and and but i get caught and i don't realize that i'm caught and then i see people in the office kind of giving me the look like you're dude you're you're in did you set him up with your sister no and the main reason was because you don't want him in your family I don't think it would have ever gotten there, but I don't right. know how old Benji is. And I asked right. him, I said, I think you're really funny. I think my sister would really like you. It, your person, like he, he can be fun to talk to, but I just got to know how old really? you are in terms of the age gap. And I just, it just, you we couldn't get a get straight no, answer out of him. Yeah. We were going to get nowhere with that. And, yeah. uh, you know, no, you I can ask Benji, you could ask Benji any question you won't get like, like, Hey, Benji. Why are you wearing headphones and then you have headphones around your neck? Like, like you've got two pair of headphones on. What's go- I mean, what's going on with that? Uh, these, I like to, uh, move around when I'm, when I'm working. In case I and this one I can move around with. The, the mobile ones I can move around with, but when I'm on the air, uh, oh. these ones work better. I have but ears I have in my neck. You have two pair. I, yeah. Yeah. I keep the other pair on the side. You can just switch them. Hmm. Well, yeah. maybe you should let, uh, Benji date your sister. <laughs> I mean, uh, whatever. And, hey, anyway, all you're right, right though, Benji. I'm, I'm very sorry. First of all, it was I. I know from talking to Sam how much her dad loved her being on the show, and how much he loved the show, and how much 
How he was so Benji, knock it off. It's so disrespectful. But, no, you're right. I should have been on time like you and Robin. <laughs> yeah, you should be on time. You could never hold a real job. Hey, did you yikes. did you think I wasn't going to find out, Benji? I mean, I never really thought we were going to be talking about this, but and again, I'm very grateful that you came. That was very very sweet, and you and I have had very nice conversations. But was sweet, but I mean, don't be late. You know. Well, no, I, of course I didn't want to be late to someone's. You want to be late. Funeral. Of course he wants but, to be late. He wants you to notice him. That's what no. this is about. This is a guy who's love starved. Is and I, I I could almost bet any amount of money that he never got the proper attention as a child that he needed and that he wasn't looked upon with any kind of um that's not true oh i know it's true you're you did not you are a you're hungry making, why do you think no, you no. overeat why do you think you're late you want attention so bad you want people to focus on you so badly you must have explored this with your therapist is the I, hunger inside of you is is intense that you wear your hunger you're your right sleeve. about the, yeah. the, the no no yes no, i'm, I'm right a, <clears throat> I'm, a, I'm always right. I'm 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 almost a psychiatrist. Right about the, but but you're not. <laughs> you're not right about the causes, though. All right. I wasn't <sighs> love starved. I had very loving parents. I'm lucky. Benji, uh, uh, you'd have to let me evaluate the situation. But um, I tried to figure it out in therapy, but I was so busy trying to figure out how to rate my therapist, I couldn't <laughs> figure it out. <laughs> Benji, are you I mean, scared uh, shitless now about being late again? Like, like when I wake up no. in the morning, I have three alarms, and I'm like, if I see one, I'm like, ignore them all. He's not. No, you know I've why he's actually... not scared about being late? I'm going to tell you why. I'm the problem. I don't blame Benji for this. Mm. I'm the kind of boss that puts up with a lot of shit. I am. I feel bad for people. I don't like firing people. I'm not, you know, all the years I've been doing radio, you could count on one hand the amount of people we, you know, we had to say goodbye to because. I just I feel horrible when somebody loses the ability to feed themselves and to to put a roof over their head. So Benji knows this. And then he looks at me with those meatball eyes and he goes, <laughs> oh, Howard, I, you know, I know I messed up and I know. And, I, and I, I fall for it every time. So it is not Benji's fault. I'm the bad parent. I'm the one who doesn't discipline him. And um, I'm a sucker. I know I'm a sucker. And he is a um, he is a shark. And he knows his, he knows a victim when he sees one. And he takes full advantage of it. Listen, right, I know I know is, there are this sharks is going the way you said it was going to go. I told this you this a was a bad idea. idea. It was I a agree. bad idea. This special, the Benji special, the fucking Benji special. <laughs> no, I am a I am. um I am a person who does not know how to stick up for myself. And uh, there are certain people who like that and walk all over me. And I know that. But know Benji that. wants attention so much, he doesn't care if it's negative. That's what's <laughs> most amazing. Well, that he's love-starved. Love this has not I, been like fun But that's not why I've been late to things. But because he's love-starved... Uh, it causes this behavior, and because he's not introspective, he doesn't even recognize the pattern. So this is what. It, what listen, listen, guys, throw this Benji special right in the garbage. <laughs> I'm sorry. Do we have a? There's a delete button in there. Uh, we're in the uh, vortex right we don't now. Actually you don't have right. to do that, Howard. Yeah. Do you right. do you You're have right. any behaviors right that you not that you wish you could change about yes. yourself? Yes, yes, I do. Can you, can you name therapy? one of them? What has that got to do with you being late? 
because I want to know the reason you have this behavior. Well, I have a tremendous anger, but I know why I have anger. You. Okay. I, I told my psychiatrist, <laughs> if I could fire this guy, I'd be calm. I know you're the problem. Oh, throw the special, throw Benji in the garbage, throw everybody in the garbage. Do you ever act in a way that you don't want to act? Yes, of course. Of course. There Do you ever times. act like me? No, never have acted like Does you. anybody never act like me? I've never and, been and late in my being, life. Being late, it's not an impulsive behavior. It takes you, like time. You, you, Literally, it takes time to be late. When All someone right. has a drug problem, do you say that they're they're, they're trying to hurt someone years. else because wow. of it? I love it. Benji I'm a sex addict. Did some rape role play. Yeah. He's Benji Brown. Let's all fuck. He's Benji Brown. Oh. Was in the studio. Well, congratulations. Right hey, Hart. And now he's 25 not. years of Benji. Most things in my life I've been on time on. That's true. Except uh, for the Benji. 12 times you picked out. Huh? All right, Benji Bronk, we're going to celebrate. If you want to celebrate along with us, it is happening right on... Howard 101, and each day we'll focus on a different Benji theme. So I'm not going to listen, but you should. This is an entire show dedicated to Benji. Benji, Catch up on I Benji's mean, history. All, right, right. I mean, it takes a whole week to catch up on <laughs> Benji's history on Howard 101 with live shows at 1 p.m. to talk about the effect Benji has had on the show over the years. And in fact, I want to give a shout out. A big, big movie star and television star is going to be hosting... Uh, Michael Rappaport will co-host oh. the episodes covering Benji's acting career and Man on the Street antics. And uh, also John Stamos, gorgeous John Stamos, recorded a tribute to Benji's 25th anniversary. Wow. That will air as part of the special. This special has spared no expense. When you got a Rappaport <laughs> and the Stamos and other celebrities involved, it's going to be great. And honor and, um, of Benji. Thank and you. Benji Puppet, I hope you show up because you're Eat. blotchier than ever. Eat. By the way, I have already worked out uh, a reason I wasn't at Sam's father's funeral. I got stuck trying to figure out Wordle. Wordle. Okay. Wordle. <laughs> Wordle. All Wordle. right. That, and I do want to mention, uh, thank you, Benji. Good luck with the special. Congratulations on that. Isn't Thanks. That I, I, I very, I'm very appreciative of you and Robin and the show. And as we are, and we appreciate you, you obviously. Yeah, many hours <laughs> devoted to you, and uh, well, I'm going to straighten you out one day. You'll see. I'm, 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 I'm going to win. Oh, here it goes. Man, I love this song. This is Lizzo and Worship. Who uh, I started uh, listening to this song about the time that she came on our show, and I was like, "This is a fucking excellent song, man." I, can take I enjoyed meeting her. One of the, uh, I have not been able to stop thinking about the flute since she was here. You know, some people can make the flute cool, and she's one of them. She, she had the flute? Oh, the flute. flute. Oh, I think you said flute. the flute, and I'm like, oh. I'm like. Anyway, uh, one of the most beautiful women I've ever met in my life is Pamela Anderson, but also one of the nicest and one of the most fun and, and certainly gracious to me. All the years that she used to come on our show, Pamela Anderson is just, uh, you there know. There she a, is. I love celebrating <laughs> Pamela Anderson because she's just so wonderful. And, uh, <laughs> you are. Yeah, you so really are. We've had good times together. It, it, it's We've had some great times. Yeah. Absolutely. How are you, Pamela? Oh, I'm great. But, you know, I'm kind of disappointed. I thought you guys were going to be here. I was like, when did Howard move to L.A.? 
Yeah, right. I know. Yeah, yeah right. Well, I said, I don't think you like coming here. Uh, it is like the year of Pamela Anderson. There's the Netflix documentary, <laughs> which I watch, Pamela, a love story. And uh, her memoir now out, Love, Pamela, will be available on Tuesday, January 31st. You know, I was thinking about, like, the you know, you know, there are certain people, and you never know why, and you don't even have the answer, but why are some people, like, I would say the 80s and 90s, it was like you were Marilyn Monroe or... Uh, <laughs> You know what I mean? It was like it was like if some guy goes, hey, who do you think you are? Pamela Anderson. Like, you know, <laughs> if you saw some hot chick on the street, it was you. And I was thinking about some of the, the women who held that like world championship title. Did you? I said Raquel Welsh. Right. Yeah. Uh, oh God. Uh, I would say um, Farrah Fawcett. I'd say Greta Garbo. And well, um, I don't remember her. <laughs> well, I don't either, but I, I know about her. Category. You don't think category, that, right? Howard, you don't like no. you. You always looked in the mirror and never saw yourself as a good-looking person, right? You, you no, never got I'm it. Funny-looking. I got you a really great think personality. That, <laughs> you know, I have girls. talked to I've talked to beautiful women, women who get paid to model. You know, like yourself, like like pe people who are worshipped in posts. Just want to take their picture, yes. And they and they never ever see. It's sad in a way. They never see themselves as beautiful, you know. And I find that incredibly tragic because I would think enjoying your beauty would be the the most fun in the world. I was a beautiful woman. Well, hopefully I have better qualities. <laughs> well, but, but enjoying I'm beauty, more... you never enjoyed it. You never said to yourself, geez, you looked in the mirror and said, oh, my God, I, I, I'm just killing this. This is unbelievable. I'm kind of cute. Wow. That's there. unbelievable that you feel that way. Well, I mean, I, don't, I always thought it was a little bit funny looking, you know, as a kid and growing up a little bit. And I, but my mom was a big um kind of pusher of beauty she said if you're pretty you're more powerful like take five minutes in front of the mirror you'll be a better wife a better parent they'll you know people will treat you better if you look good but, but your mom she was really into hair and stuff it's funny because you describe your mom as like beautiful but giggly and kind of um like maybe ditzy or something and then you describe your father as this abusive alcoholic who just was a monster of a man i mean um i'm thinking about particularly as you write my dad i, I remember i left the house I, I decided to leave my home because i i don't know you were about 17 years old and your last image was your father trying to push your mother's face into the stove i mean my god it, when you see that it's the it's, it's devastating yeah well, they didn't have an easy relationship. My mother didn't have an easy childhood either. So she was kind of recreating her childhood. And I think that's what we do. We just stuff those feelings down and we just play out the same story over and over again. That's why part of me kind of going back there and feeling those feelings and writing about it is to kind of get through it. So I know it's generational. It's um, something like the lineage of women that in my family just put up with so much. And so, you know, I don't want to do it anymore. And the first sign of violence for me, I always was just repelled because it just felt like it was an addition to that. And I think that that's why I wanted to tell my whole story. So it doesn't just seem like this, you know, crazy person. Are, 
Do you feel She's angry milled. towards your mother because she didn't stand up to your father and set a bad example for you? And, do you, and certainly you must feel tremendous vicious anger towards your father because he never was protected. No. You. Yeah, no, you don't? I don't, though. I don't feel, no. I, my parents just moved on the property with me. I mean, that's awkward. Write a book and then have your parents move in with you at the same time. Your mom time. and dad moved in? Are you I moved them onto the property me? because I feel like, why can't we talk about this and be together and get through this? I mean, I just, for the very first time in my mom's life, I've, if this book did anything, I, I, I suggested maybe some therapy or some mother daughter therapy. And she said, okay, so the, yesterday was my first two hour session with my mother, which was quite revealing. Interesting. You know, if, you know, we've all been fortunate enough to have therapy of some kind or self-help books or really do the self-searching she's never done that she just learned to compartmentalize that isn't to be talked about you know you just this is how you get a sense of humor you know you just got to get through the rough stuff and put a smile on your face and walk on eggshells so after all this time and all of your life and all the things you've been through and i know you moved back to canada um and you got out of malibu and everything and which is probably like the nicest healthiest thing you ever did in your life and and then your parents aren't still married. I take it. I mean, yes, they are. Oh, they are. They're You're still together. Me. They're Doesn't still that together. Blow your never, mind. They're so romantic. My dad is. You know, they they couldn't be without each other. But they were, were you, seventeen and nineteen when they had me, and you know, it was volatile. And I was, you know, yeah, I was. I always felt bad because I don't think my mom just told me yesterday my dad didn't want to settle down, but then she got pregnant with me, so I blamed myself for their relationship. That they got wow. married because of me, and I kind of that was part of my um, something I carried with me. But you know, and then you know they're still together, and that's their choice. She never. I tried to rescue my mom a lot, but she didn't want to be rescued. You know, we it's all have our own journey. So I don't have bad feelings toward my mom or my dad. But one thing I did recognize is my mom was always giving me a hard time about. Um, you know, men and things like that. And I said, well, I chose my kids. You chose my dad. Right. So I thought that was the difference. I In other words, you left kids to grow up. You left yeah. your man, Tommy, uh, because you chose your children over Tommy. And, mm -hmm. and, and she did the opposite. She chose their man over you. Mm -hmm. That's got to hurt. And, and were it you hurt, able to say that to her? Were you able to say yeah, that? Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. I did say that to her. And she just said, can't we just have some fun? Let's go shopping. <laughs> Can we just Great. go out for lunch sometimes? I want more joy in my life. I'm old, you know? <laughs> and I said, well, yeah, mom, but this is good stuff. This is the good stuff. Yeah, it's hard to go through this, but let's go through it so we can just, you know, so your nieces and your, you know, and, and my kids' kids and their kids' girls, let's just set a good example. Let's just get through this. We can do it. We're strong enough. Holy shit. I can't imagine when you walked in, what was it yesterday to the therapist's office with your mother? You must have felt like you were climbing Mount Everest because I know I've tried to say stuff to my mother about my dad and how he was with me. And I never have the courage to go through that. I always feel like I'm hurting her too much. Like I'm well, going to break her. Thing. Yeah. And you are. And sometimes that needs to happen. And it's a sad thing. But it's I also felt um I know by the end of the conversation, I was just, you know, holding my fist and not breathing. And I thought, wow, you know, just it just felt, um, you know, there's all that undercurrent of what's really going on is what's being said. But then there's that undercurrent, you know, where cellular cell 
cellularly, I can't say the word, cellular. We're connected. We're mother daughter. So, I mean, there's, you can't, there's no hiding from it. And I know she lived in a, she lived in a little, they lived in a tiny town kind of 15 minutes away from my property. Um, and, um, she said, that's why I've never come back here. You know, now look at all this stuff that's coming up. It's painful. I said, it's only 15 oh, minutes man. away. We're in the same town. <laughs> I got to hand um, it to I you. Bought, it's, it's the hard stuff, but oh, man, let's do it. I, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. I sit with my mother and I start to tell her about, I really want to, I, I think it would bring us closer together. It will. And all of a sudden I look in her eyes and I go, oh, she's so broken. And when I talk about my relationship with my dad to her, she just starts getting defensive and, and I give up. But, uh, man, are you going into therapy with your mom? Are you going to continue or was it just like yes. a one-off? Oh, wow. Oh, no, no, no. This is going to be, I, I want to get through this. And the fact that she's there and she showed up, that's, that's the biggest thing is she's amazing. Amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. And she's very capable of, of this. And like, I just look at her as like, um, with compassion and, and listening. You know, it's interesting when you would know, you know, we, you learn. You get these tools and you learn them sometimes from, you know, reading or, or, you know, going to therapy yourself. And so she's never done that. So it's like starting like in kindergarten with therapy. So it's really interesting to give her even tools to breathe, you know, or how to talk to somebody without cutting them off and being defensive. It's I think it's just going to be so great. I'm curious. Did she start to get defensive right away? Did she start to say, oh, Pam, you know why I did this? And I, I did this to help you. And I like it was a lot of like, like, yeah, oh, and then you know, the therapist would say, just listen, <laughs> learn. That's why we listen wow. to each other. Yeah, but it's and, good. It was really good. But yeah, that was how I ended the day yesterday. So right before this big kind of, um, you know, tour and stuff, but it's great. It's good. It's fine. You know, you just kind of full disclosure, let it go. It's freedom, but it's also like falling off a cliff. It's like, oh gosh, what have I done? Oh yeah. I mean, I can't imagine. I think that's very brave. <laughs> and what about dad? Is he going to go to therapy with you or would that just be too much of a hot button? I don't no know. Way. You never know. You never know. I mean, he's, Did you ask? I think, no, no, but he hasn't read the book yet either. I want him to read it, but my mom doesn't. So I'm just letting, I'm, I'm supporting my mom in this and, and supporting her decision because she's the one that's there. And she said, you know, she doesn't want to get in trouble or she doesn't want to deal with it. And I just have to, so maybe with therapy, maybe there'll be a time that I can present it to my dad, but with her, with her knowing about that, I don't want to go behind he, her back. Is he sober now? No, no, but they have their beer nights. Friday nights. Oh, I don't know what like, they do, but that's, they still clear have out their the house. time. I mean, <laughs> no, Jesus. But I mean, he's, he, my dad had a stroke about four, five years ago, and he's been a lot softer since then, but he's still the same guy. I mean, he made a full comeback, and when he had a stroke, he couldn't walk or talk or read or anything. Like, so now he's made a full comeback, but, um, you know, he's a little gentler, but, you know, it's just, it's, yeah, I don't know what I, what I'm going to do about that. I'm, I'm, my mom has got more energy than me. She's just, you know, she's got a lot Wouldn't of, you, lot of life in her. Wouldn't it have been great in your life if there could have been a man, uh, you know, because uh, you were in relationships with men, you were heterosexual, but a man, and maybe not <laughs> even, not even sexually speaking, but I get the feeling in your life there wasn't ever a man who didn't want something from you. Like you never had, you've never experienced the kind of love or support where there's no sexual agenda or some quid pro quo. 
you know. Yeah. I, I was even thinking about this part of your life where, you know, you go right to Playboy, you're in Hefner's mansion, and then even when they wanted to hire you on Baywatch, and they wanted to, you know, they had to contact the Playboy mansion to get you. Like, you didn't even have the proper representation. Hefner wasn't looking out for you. Hefner made money off of you, uh, as many people did. The Baywatch posters, everything else. You were a marketable item, and I think everyone saw you that way. And you never had the kind of representation. Like, your contract with Baywatch should have been negotiated by someone in a professional relationship who didn't want to be sexual with you or want to make money off of you uh, and in some inappropriate way am i correct well yeah and mike and it's funny because my kids are very obviously very protective of me and they think how could this happen i mean brandon was just looking at my baywatch residuals and you know he was like you make like a thousand dollars a year on baywatch residuals like in total right um how's that possible i look at these um uh, people today young people on the internet they kind of own their own image like i think about how many posters of you in a red bathing suit running down the beach were sold i think about how many copies of playboy were sold i mean you lifted that playboy franchise to incredible heights they <laughs> 15 or something covers on playboy and there's a reason you were on 15 covers you sold that motherfucking magazine but kids today They'll put their own bikini pictures and, and, and pictures up and they'll make a fortune in advertising and owning their own images and have 35, 40 million followers on Twitter. Does yeah, it get I didn't you? That. I know. Does it get well, you? I mean, insane? That's, I, I was, no, because, you know, I guess it was a little bit of a, a pioneer and that I remember when the internet came around and I was got the Guinness Book of World Records for the most downloaded person. And we were like, what is that? Like, that just sounds weird. Sounds creepy. Like. That just, right. I don't even want that flag. What is that? <laughs> I don't want to be downloaded. Yeah. Right. It was downloaded. <laughs> I feel right. downloaded. All right. But I right. feel like it's just, it's so I, and I didn't know what that was. And I, people, it was just, I was always kind of at that foreground. I mean, even with, you know, the veganism and so, you know, it's, it's, yeah, all that stuff I was trying to do at my house with, you know, sustainable design. And it was all, people just thought it was nuts, crazy. So now it's in fashion. When, when you were 17 and you leave the house, and I know the story, the, the, the documentary is great because I didn't realize all this. Like you just were, went to some sporting event. You were wearing a Labatt's <laughs> beer T-shirt. Men, of course, noticed you in the Labatt's beer T-shirt. The next thing you know, you're getting a call from Playboy. Hey, girl in the Labatt's beer T-shirt. Come on down and be naked in Playboy. And you're like, what the fuck? I might as well. I mean, I got to get out of this shit old town. <laughs> and you're and off you go. And, you know, it's a whole saga you get there. But I mean. You know, now that you look back on your relationship with Playboy and your whole life, do you see them as sharks? Do you have the same good feeling about Hefner that you used to have? Or do you see it a little bit differently? Do you have the lens focused a little differently now? No, I love Hef. Hefner was an incredible person. He's, I love, you know, eccentric people. Like, just, he was so himself. He's the only person that could have got away with it. I just admired him. He was chivalrous. He was... I mean, I didn't, I didn't know any better. I mean, I felt like I was just trying to get by. I wasn't thinking about how many magazines I'm selling or what I'm doing for other people financially. I just thought these were wild opportunities and I could pay my rent and I had a credit card and could get my nails done. You know, I wasn't thinking 
there was 150 countries in the world, you know, that they were watching Baywatch or anything like that. I mean, or, or Playboy. But and I love the Playboy Mansion. It's the end of an era. I mean, I felt safe there. Safest. Really? Yes. No kidding. In what way? Like, like, how did you feel protected at the that, Playboy well, Mansion? Well, because it was a sexy, wonderful life and people had eyes on me like they you know, nothing bad would happen to me there. But then you take that kind of sexy life outside of Playboy and that's where people got weird telling right. me their sex stories. You know, everyone was like, hey, Pamela, like this one time and I was like, it's, it's I just really don't need to hear that. <laughs> you no, know, or look at this, you know, kind of thing. It must have been weird for you, too, because <laughs> I, I would imagine when a man met you and let's say you were romantically interested in a dude. They probably had such sexual expectations from you, like, oh, man, I'm going to go to bed with Pamela Anderson and my mind is going to be blown, you know, for some reason, because you were a sex symbol beyond anyone in the world. W what was that expectation? Would guys be like, gee, Pam, I don't know, you're not that wild. You should have been wilder or something. Was there was there ever that put on you? I'm kind of wild. <laughs> oh, you are. All right. Well, yeah, I didn't know. But not that wild. No, but I'm right. a romantic. And I, you know, sex and love are important to be together. I wasn't a very promiscuous person. I was really loyal and I love to be in love. I'm in love with love. You know, I'm sure I'm a love addict, whatever you want to call it. But I, right. um, I just, I, I tried to, I didn't, wasn't a one night stand kind of crazy girl. I mean, you had to kind of have more of them. I had to, it had to be a lot more than that. Why why did um Playboy represent you on your deal with um with uh with Baywatch and stuff like that? Like Oh, like, married like, with children, with everything because the only play was, the only way people could get a hold of me was through Playboy. Cuz I, I didn't have an agent. And, and I didn't so Playboy I was, Why did I need an agent? I didn't think I was going to be an actress. I thought I was going home any minute. I was going to I'll stay here as long as I'm working. And I just kept on going. See, that makes me angry because Playboy had no business representing you on your contracts that you started to well, sign. Well, there was, a, I'm sure there was, at some point, there were lawyers and things involved, but just the very beginning, you know, you don't expect to um, have a career as an actress. I don't know. I wasn't, that wasn't even on the list of things to do. I wasn't sure uh, what was going to happen. So eventually, yeah, you do get representation. And I know I had like a number three selling Mattel toy, like the Barbie, but I didn't get anything from those kind of things. It drives me insane. I mean, wh why? Why didn't you? Or Amazon Prime, you know, now streams Baywatch. I don't get anything for that. But we didn't have any, you know, like there was no such thing as streaming back then. We, there were four channels. I mean, I'm back in the, you know, ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox. We didn't yeah. have syndication. And Baywatch was one of the first syndicated shows. So it wasn't like Friends where they were making millions an episode. It was, it was, um, yeah. just before that. I always <laughs> thought like, with, with, you know, I, I went back and watched you on Saturday Night Live when you hosted it. And you oh, I know, love that. That was the most freeing thing. I loved I it. I loved it. And I loved that sketch where it was weird, the sketch, to look at it now, where Norm MacDonald played Tommy Lee, your husband at the mm -hmm. time. And then yeah. the real Tommy Lee came on. And the whole thing was about, hey, man, don't kiss my wife. Don't touch my wife. That sketch was stranger than truth because that's what really did you and Tommy in. He had tremendous jealousy. He didn't want anyone near you. He'd show up on the set of Baywatch. He'd tell people, stop kissing my wife. Don't go near my I mean, he was tremendously <laughs> jealous. And that sketch, when I go back and watch it, I'm like, well, that's what the whole sketch was. How'd they tap Except into that? Except for the How'd... gun part. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, baby, go get my gun. I mean, it was okay. crazy.
Tommy ends up beating up Norm Macdonald because uh, he's kissing you in a scene. I mean, it, it's unbelievable to me. But I do believe if there had been someone structuring your career, they would have gotten you roles that were more like, I, I keep saying Marilyn Monroe or something like that. I think <laughs> they could have found you roles. You were a good actress. You can act. It's not like you can't act. Um, there could have been something more there. It could have been a real legitimate film career that lasted a long time. Don't you think so? If they had just well, I did get picked- offers. I did get off. I mean, I had people come to the Baywatch set and say, hello, I'm trying to get a hold of you. And it'd be like the director from Mask, you know, with Jim Carrey or something like that. And I said, I'm busy. I'm on the beach and this is what I want to do. Like, I'm busy. So I didn't really take, I didn't know what they were even talking about, you know. So I just, Yeah. I guess so. Did you have regrets? Do you have regrets no. now that you didn't talk to Jim Carrey about Mask? No. I mean, I ended up talking about, I ended up being friends with Jim much later, but I mean, that was the director. I don't think it wasn't Jim, but it was, um, again, I just kind of was bumbling along, finding my way. And then, you know, I met Tommy and got married and had kids. So then there was that. Then the right. tape was stolen and, and then I came, became a cartoon character. And then I just tried to, you know, be a mom slash cartoon character. <laughs> it's a little bit hard. Well, you're right. What you say about it in the documentary and in the book, you're you're 100% right. It was great for Tommy, this tape, because he's a rock star. He's the drummer in Motley Crue. He's on the tape having sex with the hottest woman uh, on the planet. For me, uh, the you know, you know our country, you're the slut who's uh, having sex on film. Totally destroyed the fantasy, I guess, for guys. Like, that, you know, in a way, seeing you be sexual, you know, that, that graphically would be like, oh, okay, she's not the virginal. She soiled good kind of thing. <laughs> and so it, it really did undermine your career. It, it did, it did sort of change the, the perception of who Pamela Anderson was. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it wasn't a, a positive thing. It was, it definitely took its, took its toll on the relationship. It took its toll on um, my career and people are still capitalizing off that. That was, was, was the shocking part. I remember seeing this Pam and Tommy thing on Hulu or some advertisement for it. And I thought, what the hell is this? No one called me. No one asked Nobody me. Nobody calls alive. you when no. I said like that. Doing it. No, no, nothing to do with me. You're talking I found about out for the, my son. You talk yeah. about uh, this. Um, they they did a Tom and Pammy uh, uh, movie, a document, not a documentary, a but a movie. It was a series. Yeah. And um, I haven't seen it, but. Yeah, I know. I, I, I saw, I saw you say that in the Netflix uh, special that you won't look at it. And I don't blame you. I wouldn't look at yeah. it either. Did, did, did you ever try to contact, uh, I know Seth Rogen was one of the producers. He's a, a, a very reasonable guy. Did you ever you say? So? Yeah, no, no, I never I, tried to reach out. No, I felt like, I just felt kind of run over with that one. I think, um, I don't think they really portrayed Tommy or I positively. I don't know. I mean, I only heard that it was a very shallow kind of representation of, of us, but you know, of that time, but I don't know. I, I don't know why back. they, I mean, I wish they would have called. <laughs> well, had they called, maybe you could have said, look, I'm not comfortable with this. Or maybe you could have even said, hey, well, maybe we can collaborate on my life story. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't think I probably would have been involved because especially about that subject matter. I just, why, why bring it up again? And, you know, bringing it up again. But I just felt that's why 
you know, Brandon's the one who produced the film, the documentary. He was like, Mom, you just need to tell your story because all these piecemeal kind of ideas of who you are, I just want to make sure that you get to tell your story, you know, like write this book and, and then the documentary I just said, here, I haven't killed anybody. Here's the keys to my archives and you can read my diaries, everything. I said, let's just let it all out. Yeah, um, the actress who played you in that Hulu series, I heard she reached out to you. She felt like she yeah but i never got that i never got any i never i mean i think she may have maybe she reached out to my representation but i never received anything i think they would just protect me they were just protecting me from the whole situation because they knew but yeah would you like to have i mean she's an actress lily james against yeah Yeah, like against lily james i mean she's an actress and it's not her fault it's nothing to do with her it's just more about the the whole situation do you believe her when she says that she reached out or do you think that that's bullshit because, uh, you know, no, you're, no, you're, I think she did reach out. I think she did reach out because I heard after after, you know, when I the last time I said that I hadn't didn't know anything about this, um, they said, oh, no, she did reach out to us, but we were just didn't give it to you. I was looking at some stuff on the Internet of um, you just I just Googled Pamela Anderson. Um, cover. Oh, God. And you no, and I and I saw you. I remembered you did the cover to George Magazine, which was yeah. John F. Kennedy Jr.'s magazine. And all of a sudden, my mind went right to those two must have hooked up. There must have been some <laughs> sexual chemistry. Two of the best looking people I've ever seen. I I actually did a cover for George Magazine. And when John F. Kennedy Jr. walked into a room, you were like, I, "I'm heterosexual. I wanted to fuck him." I mean, uh, you know, I mean, what a. <laughs> you know, he's a gorgeous guy. Um, what, oh no! When we what, spoke, I was I was ridiculous. When we, I think it was my most embarrassing moment. I was speaking, and some squeal came out of my mouth. I don't know what. Just, just absolute. These noises were coming out of me that I just never even heard before. I was just like, I can't talk to this person. I just, and I, he tried to reach me too after the, um, the magazine because he was trying to get me on the first cover, but I couldn't do it, and it, so he was contacting me through people and then he got my phone number and it's just i just i couldn't talk Pam, to i was I way out of my depth i don't I was understand way over my head you say i can't talk to john f kennedy jr because you were so attracted to him or well, he enamored, was so but- charming he was so charming so the two just, of you never <laughs> met you never spoke no just on the phone you're kidding Yes. You weren't, no. you weren't, you weren't, you weren't, you weren't curious to meet the guy. I mean, you were doing his magazine. No. You were obviously, t- you felt you were out of your league talking to him. Yes. Yes. Intellectually or physically? Just everything. It just didn't, it just felt way over my head. Wow. You were overwhelmed. <laughs> so was here overwhelmed. was a, this is fascinating to me because here is a man who intimidated Pamela Anderson. I always think, Every guy walks in the room with you and is intimidated by you. You're Pamela Anderson. Um, but here's a guy who, you know, wow, he stopped you in his tracks. He probably was like, gee, did he say to you, I'd like to meet with you and discuss the magazine? He did. Yeah. Maybe you didn't meet with him because you were afraid there would be fireworks. I mean, I don't know. Maybe. I wonder why you didn't meet with him. I was afraid. I don't even know. Wow. Afraid that he would think what? Just, I don't know. That he was just a very, um, it just seemed, you know, just seemed out of my league. It just didn't seem like it was someone I could uh, relate to. I think I have a reason for this. I'm going to play psychiatrist. Oh, no. 
You are so vested in the bad boys. Dating bad boys. And I mean, you have dated some legendary bad boys. Maybe John F. Kennedy Jr. represented too good a guy. Like, 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 no, he isn't, he isn't the bad boy. That's what I want. And I imagine you've, you've thought about this in therapy. The bad boy is always your dad. You know, he's the one who taught you They're about always love. the person. And then, yeah, the person you can run away from, probably. You know, there's yeah. going to be a moment when you have to get away. So this isn't something you have to commit to. Maybe. Yeah, I know. You keep saying in every... Where's my therapist? I need a therapist. Anybody out there? <laughs> What happened? <laughs> no, but you keep saying in every interview, the only man I ever really loved was Tommy. Tommy Lee. And I go, hmm, I wonder, I wonder what your definition of love is. Like... Having kids. <laughs> okay, having well, kids. That was, I mean, that's the, the, the connection that Tommy and I have. Obviously, I'm not... I wouldn't want to be with Tommy now, but I just can appreciate and honor that relationship because I had two beautiful boys with him. So he's kind of, and it was really a heightened kind of romantic beginning. And that's every girl's fantasy to be worshipped like that. And we worshipped each other and um, had two beautiful boys. So, and they But is it out, worship, Pam? Is it worship or is it is it real love? Is it real romantic love? And have you ever experienced real romantic love? Well, romantic love isn't i always felt like romantic love might not be sustainable so if you want to have that kind of love affair it's just going to have a season you know it's not going to last forever but that's only my experience i mean i'm sure there's people out there that have, have these loving relationships forever but um and i don't think i ever gave myself a chance to have another relationship after that that was of any value you know it was more like trying to put a family unit back together but i wasn't really in love i just was going through the motions and then realizing i have nothing in common with this person like there's just nothing um nothing like i had with tommy and nothing that's you know it's just more stuff like more more stuff to kind of bring me down like i was putting people in my life to um kind of numb some of the pain or be with someone companionship but nothing nothing healthy <laughs> yeah would you like like some of the marriages were quick as you point out you know like i don't know how long you were married to kid rock but i remember uh -huh. hanging out a little bit with you guys when you you know you know you came on the radio with kid rock and stuff and i was like what do you call him do you call him kid do you call him rock and you go oh he's bob and this and that and i don't so it's like i think i was banned from your show for most of my husband's Is that right? I was allowed to do a show. I think it was even in like a prenup <laughs> somewhere. No Howard's turn. Marriages. <laughs> yeah, between I mean, relationships. Oh, I was forbidden. But how did it work, Pam? Like, you even describe the like these like the, your quest was. Hey, I want to put together a family. I've got two boys. Maybe with this man, it can work. And uh, and then like you're married, like in a flash. No, like a little bit of dating, a little bit of courtship, and then boom, marriage. And and then what is it like after you get like when do you know oh my god this was a tremendous fucking mistake do you know right away or did you did you did right when I got did married you, <laughs> did you you knew it was a mistake when the when the ceremony was going on in other words well just after obviously just after time <laughs> how does that work Pam explain That's it to terrible. me terrible like, I know it's embarrassing it's just the Flaw. Is it embarrassing? I don't know. I mean, it's like I just feel like I like I just jump into something because you know Tommy and I did, and it was we had this you know incredible connection, 
but then you jump into something and it's like, oh, it's not this incredible collection and connection. It's this just something else. And then what do you do, Pam? Pam, what do you do when you realize? I slowly try and find my way out. How do you get out of it? Do Do you make do you do you make yourself unavailable emotionally or do you just physically leave the house a lot and go and work? I mean, how do you you don't no, want to I be think mean. I try. No, I, but you I do. think I try, but I think I detach a little bit. And I think that's what's kind of made people a little crazy. And any sign of, you know, violence or kind of a disrespect or lying is my excuse to leave, you know, and I and that's it's always kind of comes down to that, like someone's breaking things or screaming or something like that. I just, I can't take that kind of violence. And I get out of it. Run for the hills. So you think with my you voice. push, you think you push a guy and, and in some way you're taking some responsibility in this. You think, Hey, this was a mistake. I know what I'll do. I'll push some buttons. Get oh, no, him to I don't react. do it on purpose. I don't you do don't? it on purpose. No, no, never. No, not that. I'm just saying, just looking back, in yeah. the moment, I don't think I knew what I was doing, but looking back, I can see how, um, you know, well, I also chose people that were really kind of unavailable people. Right. I didn't choose them. They chose me. We chose each other. So, yeah, I'm sure there's a whole, it's just, I, I think, um, this last year I've been alone and it's been in a really incredible year for me, you know, just kind of going through looking back and reflecting on everything and, and, um, you know, so it's it's been good. I mean, like, you have to be able to be alone, too, before you can yeah. be with somebody else. So I feel like I'm just kind of growing up right now. <laughs> it's taken a long time. Now, I feel like, like I find it hard to read when you when you write and uh, you and you do talk about this in the documentary and and more so in the book. You talk about the amount of sexual abuse you experienced. And I know women who have had on par with what your experiences are. So I know it's very real and it's really upsetting and men are fucking insane. Uh, <laughs> you know, you, it, it seems to I mean, the first guy you ever had sex with, it was a rape. Um, mm-hmm. this babysitter, a woman who you trusted essentially raped you. Um, these guys you dated early on in high school and stuff, you know, they're so violent. They want to kill you if they can't own you. And, you know, I guess I was thinking, geez, Pam's so alone, she can't even go to her father about this because he's an abusive guy. So you have no one you can turn to. Your your dad, who's the original guy you trust, there's nothing there. So you so you just sat with it. You just sat with it. So now that you're in therapy, has all of that come back to you? And are you angry about it? Do you want to do you want to go after these guys and release their name? And I mean, how do you feel about all of this? Oh, I mean, I'm not in therapy. I probably should be. I'm just with my mom. I just did this first session oh. with her. It's been a long time. But I mean, I used to have this analyst kind of Jungian analyst way back in the day, um, back in the Tommy days. And, you know, I saw him for a little bit, but that's the only kind of therapy I've ever done. I'm just, I just write out my feelings and try and figure it out myself. And that's why I have so many journals. I've got probably like hundreds and hundreds of journals. Yeah, I found things. your, I, I found the poems you wrote really sad. Uh, a oh. lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> poems I are mean, sad. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah, well, a lot of the, I mean, uh, 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 you know, this, this gang rape you describe, uh, I mean, these are, 
this is this is like really vicious stuff. I don't know how the hell you can't see yourself as traumatized from all of these experiences. Well, I, I, if I think about it too much and what I've been doing, because I've been going through the chapters of my life and kind of feeling the feelings and painting the picture over again and creating the scenes and writing about them in my book. And um, yeah, to, for me to get through, it was compounded, you know, like accumulative. It was very like... You know, one thing happened and then a couple years later, something else happened. It's not just, they're not all separate events. They compound. So then you have, you're just not, you're just kind of getting through it. You're just surviving. And, um, and I found, I really found, um, like writing and, and even coming to LA and meeting all these artistic people and looking, going to museums and galleries, all that stuff was very healing for me and interesting because I feel like, you know, there probably are a lot of wounded people. I mean, there's there are a lot of wounded people, but especially in Hollywood, you know, and here and artists and musicians yeah. and poetry. And that's kind of how I found my little gang of um, supporters. But it's kind of this unspoken thing. We're not talking about. I actually, you know, I, I used to have this really weird game, really funny game with my friends where we'd all sit in a bathtub and I would say, OK, tell traumatic childhood stories before you were six. And everybody had one. Yeah. And then we go on with the night. <laughs> it was just one of my funny things I brought up because I really wanted to talk to, about it and see what other people have gone through. Were these friends a group of women that you knew that um, that you were close Men, to? women. No, more like David LaChapelle and Marcus Schenkenberg or whoever fit in the bathtub. <laughs> when you did all those photo shoots for David LaChapelle, did he pay you? Was Or was he just another no. guy who took pictures? No, he didn't. No, I mean, that's, again, another, I, I don't understand. Your images are so iconic, especially those uh, La Chapelle images. I bought um, uh, books of Chappelle's, La Chapelle's, uh, you know, and, and a lot of the pictures are you, and they're incredibly, you know, great photographs. But Well, he's an artist. I mean, Jeff Koons has put me in his pictures, Sante Drazio, Ed Ruscha, um, and uh, Richard Prince. They've all had me in their pictures and photographs and books. They're artists, you know. I like it. It's, it's flattering. It's but nobody not a pays you. Thing. No. Man, no. I would have managed your career a whole different way. <laughs> I, know. I just would. Well, you know, my son. You know, Brandon's like he's like you know twenty six years old, and he's he's just you know put on his business hat and said, you know what, mom, this is, has to stop. This has to stop. <laughs> Good for this him. This has to stop. No, he's just like I'm just not allowing this to happen anymore. And um, so it's 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 cute. It's nice to watch, but you know, you don't want to be a burden to your kids. But Brandon just looks at it as kind of a fun side project. Like he still does his life, Dylan does his life, but they're like, Mom just you know, and she just doesn't care about that drives them crazy that I don't care about money as much as they do. Well, I mean it would be nice if you had made some money off of all these people who was there yeah. ever a guy can you think of someone in your life who was there for you, like a man that was there for you, that was like a kind relationship that really took good care of you and didn't really look for anything from you? Friends. I mean, like Sam Simon, you know, Sam he was, was a great, great friend guy. to me. Yeah. And, um, you know, Kelly Slater, you know, was a sweetheart, but he was, you know, very young and, and you know, and um, off all over the world. So that wasn't really a, a relationship that was a steady thing. Um but Kelly, Kelly Slater was in love with you, wasn't he? We were in love. I mean, then I met Tommy and we got married. I know. That was a crazy story. I know that. But he told me he, Kelly wasn't ready for marriage at that time. You know, so I think I was getting ready for babies. I had my grandmother saying, you're 25 years old. You're an old maid. Get married and have babies. 
when you would have your friends over and you would all be in a bathtub, how many people could fit in your bathtub? I have a bathtub, but I think maybe one, maybe two people could fit. Well, in. I have a hotel people? bathtub, so they're pretty big. Right. Like, you know, the Beverly Hills Hotel or Chateau Marmont, they have big bathtubs. And, and everyone would pile into your bathtub nude and yeah, uh, hang yeah, out. Wow. Nude, you know, or in their underwear or whatever, you know, sitting on the edge. And it just got pretty heavy. And yeah, then I would, we'd go on with the rest of the night. I would prefer You've been to be in one of my, my hotel rooms. Yes, in my it was wild. It was, it was wild. wild. It, it was wild, but but I always keep my underwear on because I don't want you to see my small <laughs> yeah. penis. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I wasn't going to be embarrassed in you front of you. Oh, oh no, 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 no. Those were the crazy days. You know, uh, I was thinking about, talk about the crazy days. The, you know, I imagine there's a whole, uh, another seven volumes in just your life at the Playboy Mansion. When you moved to the Playboy Mansion, when you, you know, came out of uh, Canada, it, it, like that, I, I mean, that's a crazy scene, right? I've been to the Playboy Mansion a couple of times and it was like Disneyland for adults. It was crazy. The amount of sexuality and people hooking up. Uh I can't imagine when you marched in there. I, I mean, there must be stories of celebrities hitting on you left and right in that Playboy Mansion. I yeah, mean, it's not a book long enough. I don't want to go there. That's what. That's what you know. Like I, with my book, I didn't want to. I didn't need to tell all those kind of stories or weird stories. I just thought, you know, I wanted to kind of balance it with, you know, this is the tip of the iceberg. You know, these are right. these are little moments that were pivotal. And then I first started in my career and things that had happened. But, you know, yeah, there's a lot. And, you know, my first day at the Playboy Mansion, I was in my acid wash jeans, you know, and right. some rock T-shirt with my sneakers on with the little balls on the socks, you know, and they were like, you know, you could shop at the they said you can come to the Playboy Mansion closet and get dressed for the next time you come out. And I thought, well, what kind of clothes would be in the Playboy Mansion closet? <laughs> Right. He didn't even right? know. What innocent well, it little like Pamela. People wear clothes. Yeah. Right. I mean, I don't know. But yeah, I just Did, looked around and thought these women were beautiful. And I just kind of were, were inspired by all the women. And, you know, back in that day, too, they were, everyone was different. You know, in the 90s, everyone wanted to be different. You know, so it was like red hair, dark hair, you know, big bodies, little bodies, short, tall, glamorous. Everyone had their own fashion style. It was very, you know, hundreds and hundreds of kinds of people and women and and so I just kind of looked at everything and everyone and soaked it all in like a sponge. It seemed to me, but anyone I ever spoke to, and I've interviewed a lot of people who spend time at the Playboy Mansion, women who have posed in Playboy, and they, it all kind of seems like the same M.O. When you get there off the bus, it's yeah. kind of like, well, we want to dye your hair blonde. We want to get you some implants. We want to get you, you know, we want to get you dressing a certain way. It's like... Yeah. It's almost like the Twilight Zone. They want to mold you into the same person in a way. You know what I well, mean? It's like... David LaChapelle used to say going to the Playboy Mansion was like the Twilight Zone. Like he thought he saw a hundred of me from the back and then they would turn around and not be me. Right. <laughs> it be, but it's true. Yeah. You can't it's never look crazy. at me at the Playboy Mansion. It looks like I'm, there's thousands of me. And then they move you in, right? I mean, like you get to get a room there and you live there and they feed I you and the whole thing. I wouldn't stay there. I wouldn't Why? stay there. I was nervous. I don't know. I mean, this is my spidey sense, my Mr. Magoo thing. I just always thought, even when I came here, the first thing they said was, well, you'll stay at the Playboy Mansion. I said, no, I'll stay at a hotel. Then I stayed at the hotel and they would call me and say, Pamela, we want you to come for a fight night. And I'd say, I'm not fighting anybody. They're like, oh, no, we're just coming to watch like Mike Tyson <laughs> fight on the big screen. But I thought they wanted right. me to jello wrestle or something. And they said, no, you don't right. have to mud wrestle. You're fine. I said, OK, <laughs> good, because I'm not. 
Right. So, and, 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 you know, and then you, you, you read about, like, there's a lot of former Playboy playmates who say, hey, I lived at the mansion. It was fucked up. I got, you know, we go to Hef's bedroom. You're supposed to blow Hef. You're supposed to get 20 other girls in there. You're supposed to have sex with the other girls. It was like this whole, I mean, you know, you read this shit all the time. And yet that wasn't your experience at all. Like, no one came, well, some people come off poorly in that, in the, in the book about that. You do mention, um, Scott Bayo. He, uh, well, but that's not, but he was just, but I mean, not, I wouldn't say people come off poorly. You know, it was just what it was. Right. He, he, well, he was inspecting. I, I, th- I thought it was weird. He was inspecting your ears and your feet. I don't know what that was about. I mean, yeah, I was, probably I, there's I, nothing left to inspect. Yeah. Only things he had seen. And you said that's you said that Sylvester Stallone kind of made you an offer. He said, "Listen, you can be my number number one girl." Yeah. Or that's uh, why I said, "Why is there number two? You know, like I just always kind of was this naive person. Yeah, I think that was at. I remember bar one back in the day. Bar one was with my brother, and he said that to us. And I think there was another time I went to his house, and he showed me all his paintings, and it made me metric shakes. I don't know. <laughs> just kind of wandered. Wow. I just kind of bumbled around and saw these people with just, you know, there's, you know, there's stories. And I remember, you know, even Steven Seagal would say, if you want this part in Under Siege, you need to come to my house and, and, uh, you know, and I would say, no, I don't think so. And he goes, well, then I can just go across the hall and ask her. She'll do it, you know, kind of thing. And I thought, this is nuts. Wow. I just wouldn't do it. You know, I mean, I I definitely, you know, got caught up in, you know, some things sometimes. But I found my way out pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, um, all right. The, the, you were lucky. But in other words, when you say you found yourself in certain things sometimes, sometimes it wasn't like a guy say, hey, come to my house. Sometimes you go in on something or talk to someone about something. And then suddenly you're locked in a room with them. Yeah. Yeah. And it's when you, when it, it's happened to you, did, yeah. did you, when you saw the whole Me Too movement going on and women coming forward and sort of outing these experiences, was there a time where you said to yourself, I should talk about this? I should talk about what happened to me. I, yeah, but I mean, I felt like, you know, I'm not a big hashtagger. I'm not a big social media person. I feel like, um, you know, I kind of come from a different, like my mom and people would say, you know, like you just have this sense you're taught. And maybe because I saw so much as a kid and hardship kind of qualifies, you know, you feel like you can, you come at it. I can come at it because I've been in those situations. I've been hurt before. I didn't get out. When you do see someone at a doorway with a robe on, don't go in. You know, so when I said that, everyone went crazy for me. And I thought, well, you know, right. this is just survival tools that we have to know as women or as vulnerable people to, you know, like I've been on a plane before with a guy who took me to do a photo shoot. And it was, I'd already worked with him once with 12 girls and we did this calendar. So I thought, okay, we're going to Hawaii, which I was really excited about. Never been. And I was got on the plane and I said, where are the other girls? And he said, Oh, they're meeting us in Hawaii. And then finally he goes, I've just chosen you. It's just going to be you and me. There's going to be no one else there. It's going to be very intimate. No makeup artist, no nothing. And I thought, how long is this flight? And it was four hours. And then I got to the airport and I told him, I'm just going to go use the restroom. And I ran to a stewardess and said I was in danger. And she took me to a office and that airline flew me home, no charge. But I had the feeling I wasn't going to get in a car with this guy who was putting my hand, his hand on my leg and was grabbing my hand and putting it on his crinkly leg. I felt 
you know, this is bad. I just got to get to the airport, find somebody and get home. At what point have that in you? At what point in your career were you? Were you doing Baywatch at that point? No, this was before anything. This was before home improvement. This was before, um, this was around that time, Playboy time before Baywatch. It was before Uh, Baywatch. It's been in the paper a lot, what you said about Tim Allen, that when you were on Home Improvement, that uh, that Tim showed you his penis. He denies Well, Tim it. came up. I know that's funny. Why would he deny that, of all things? Um, no, I came out of my dressing room. It was the first day of the show. And he came out of his dressing room. And he had a white robe on. And he just went, flash like this. And he goes, now we're even. I've seen you naked. And you've seen me naked. And then he went were into you- the room like a little boy. And I was just like... Oh, God. Well, okay. I thought it was funny. I laughed, you know, nervously. And then we kind of went on with the show and he felt really awkward the rest of the day, like a little kid, like a little boy, like he'd done something wrong. But I, um, yeah, so I was shocked that he said that he didn't do it because, I mean, I couldn't even, how could you make that stuff up? I mean, he's the comedian. <laughs> you know? In other words, you weren't saying it joke. like, you you weren't offended by the joke uh, or whatever it is he was doing. It was uncomfortable. I mean, it was uncomfortable, right. but it was in a kind of, you know, I was new on the scene. It was my first day on Home Improvement. I hadn't been on Baywatch yet or anything. So I was just kind of wow. thinking, oh, ha, ha, ha. Well, but people had done these kind of things to me in the past, too. Because of the Playboy situation, people think, oh, she's got a good sense of humor. She's okay with this. And, I, you know, I guess that's when I would think. I should be okay with this, I guess. I mean, it's funny. Ha ha. I don't know. No, I, you know, it's uncomfortable. It was still uncomfortable. And, you know, he used to pick me up at my apartment and take me for drives in his car. And he'd be like, accelerate or break into the turn, accelerate out of the turn, you know, like flying through Mulholland and stuff. And so we were friends too. So after, but I, you know, again, yeah, I guess I just, um, you look back and you think, wow, those were crazy. People always, I mean, I was with, I'd be with my husband and someone would come up to me at a restaurant and go, Pam, tell me a sex story. <laughs> I'd be like, what? Crazy. And then the person with me would just be like, yeah, I'm sure you got one. I thought, you know, I'm not a clown. You know, I feel like I'm like this sex clown. <laughs> yeah, it is a weird thing with you. I, You know, I would think the best way, if a guy really was charged up about Pamela Anderson and was in love with Pamela Anderson from afar, the number one thing you don't do with Pamela Anderson <laughs> is, like, don't go up to her and start being sexual. Like, get to know her a little bit or something. You know, yeah. it's like, she, or you let know, her get to know you. I mean, yeah, people are right away. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, I don't know. And, but, but it's like every guy almost it's like to a, to a, to a person, you know, is flashing you in one way or another. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, 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 or involved, thinks that you'll be turned on if they're super sexual. Or telling me like the six girls they had last night swinging from the rafters. I'm like, well, okay. Thanks. You know, nice You're to like, meet oh. you. Yeah, right. Like, uh, now I really don't want to be with you. You've just no. had sex with six people. No. Yeah, yeah. Might not be the I'm healthiest thing. <laughs> Half never came on to you sexually, huh? I'm no. shocked. No. I'm shocked. No. No, he felt very, um, he was very protective of me. And wow. um, we had a lot of conversations and lunches together and talks on the phone. He wrote me letters all the time. And um, no, he was Would very Would you ever publish those letters? Was- what were the letters? What, what what was it like advising like he you? He would even say, "No, he would say, I'm so proud of you. You're on Home Improvement, like a Disney show. You're the first playmate on a Disney show. That's great, you know." Or I right. saw your article in this, and I thought it was really well done. Or how dare you be on the cover of Eight FHM, the enemy? You know, like I get good and bad. Right. 
you know. <laughs> Did he ever thank you for your contribution to Playboy? I mean, you know, Playboy struggled. You know, not too shortly after the 15 covers you did they started to struggle you know got more and more difficult to sell magazines but a pamela anderson a magazine cover sold did he ever sit you down and say i i, I can't thank you enough for helping me in my business well, he, he just said i was the dna of playboy that i he was did. playboy okay. yeah he was right. always very complimentary and happy and i remember the last cover of playboy that he called he actually talked to the boys he wanted to be on speakerphone he said is it okay if your mom's on the last cover of playboy <laughs> and they went, well, she can do this one, but she probably shouldn't have done the other ones. <laughs> Pam, what's your relationship like now with Tommy? Are you are you in touch with him at all? Or uh, do you just, just kind we, of... I mean, text here and there, you know, nothing nothing too crazy. I mean, he's married and and happy and she's good to him. And I, I totally support that and think, and think that's great. So, I mean, I hate to be annoying and going through this again. I'm pretty sure she's annoyed, but... Um, I respect their relationship and just glad he's happy and he has somebody in his life. Do and, your boys um, like him this, or are they estranged? Yeah. They do. No, no, they no. like him. No, they, they, they see him all the time. They see him all the time. And I think that this m movie too is kind of like a love letter to their parents. I mean, Brandon really is so it's, it's like, it's a love letter because they know they come from true love. They come from love and that they want their parents. They want people to see the real story. And I thought that was kind of cute and kind of charming and, and, and really, you know, Brandon, um, is very artistic and, um, really wanted to show the story from yeah, my, a real true authentic perspective. It's funny. My wife and I, uh, we sat down to watch it and we were like, uh, you know, don't we know everything about Pam Anderson? Man, I didn't know any yeah. of this stuff. <laughs> and it was like, it was really, it was really well done and, and I enjoyed it. And uh, I don't know, you know, sometimes I, I found myself going, I wonder if I said to Pam, well, do you have any regrets? Like, do you think there were certain things in life or would you just do it all over the same exact way? Was it was it a fun ride or was there there was there was it tragic or miserable? What, how do you assess it? It was all of it, but it was more good times than bad. And um, yeah, I wouldn't do it any other way. I mean, I just feel like it was just this wild wild ride and i made a home in one piece i came back to the place i grew up in i bought the house of my grandmother and i'm living in it and i'm looking at my life from the same place my feet touched the ground when i was a baby i mean i'm right i look at it all like a movie you know it's just a movie so this so as wild as your life is and as wild as it comes off in the documentary and and in the book it was 50,000 more times wilder than what we even know. <laughs> That's the impression I'm <laughs> The tip I'm of the getting. iceberg. Yeah, the tip of the iceberg, for sure. You never got caught up in substance, did you? All the crazy years. I've, were you I mean, I've tried it. I've, it's been around me. It's been all over the place. It's been, you know, licked off me and piled on me and all sorts of stuff i mean but i just thought that's yeah i mean but everybody was everybody does what they want to do and i didn't want to throw anybody under the bus when it comes to drugs that's their own journey and their own place to say stuff and um no i can always catch myself i mean i you know i've tried things and i thought i just don't like that feeling of being high i don't you and never had problems had a drink no i mean anytime you do it, it's probably a problem but i'm saying it's just wasn't didn't suit me i feel more creative i write in the mornings i'm when i'm not writing and i'm not reading i'm not happy and that's usually the times where i'm caught up in drinking or you know kind of numbing myself and then i kind of catch myself and i say this is not me this isn't me Grab a so book, you don't drink anymore no i You're haven't sober. drank 
I'm not sober, but I had a glass of champagne after I did Broadway and it just, you know, at a Bellini at Cipriani's, you have to have that. And I was like, that was it. I haven't even had a drink. No, wow. Not since then. Because I remember back in the day, you could knock off a couple of bottles of champagne. You were oh, not. Oh, yeah. Uh, Crystal, yeah, you, you know, were... I, I drank a lot of champagne, a lot of champagne. I had a lot of crazy times and no, I did it. I did it full strength. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, you, you went all out. You know, I, you know, I, I mean, and I'm not Crazy saying I'm not going to have a glass of champagne again, but I'm, this is my kind of time to really kind of, I'm just kind of feeling what I'm feeling, feeling my feelings. It's a different thing. Yeah. It's, wow. it's wilder. It's wilder, you know? Yeah. I mean, I mean, some of the stories you tell in the book and <laughs> I don't know, I look back on your life in terms of like looking at it as a volume in a book and I'm like, man, some of this shit is, I mean, some of it is just horrible with the, especially the abuse. You know, when I read about being raped, it's just it's just fucking, it's just horrible. I just can't imagine what that was like for you. But I wanted the Awful. book to be balanced, you know. I Like, there's my childhood, there's my career, and then there's now. And the places I've been, the people that I've met, it's, I didn't want it to be just this big old, like, tell-all, you know, miserable book. It's hopeful and it's inspiring, I hope. What, um, funny. What do you see for the future? Like, do you see maybe hooking up with a dude? Are you going to be alone the rest of your life? <laughs> you know, are, what are you, are you going to go hide in Canada? What, what's the plan? Do we have a five year plan? I don't have a plan. No, no plan. This is like, I'm just, this is like, um, what do you call them? All in, all in, see what happens. What, no so, idea, but I love that so, feeling. I love this mysterious feeling. I have no plans. I've got no plans to meet anybody. I've got no plans for my career. I have nothing. I'm just in my garden at home with my dogs, and you know, we'll see what happens. No, no uh, guy you have your eye on. There's no. Um, you don't no. want to be with uh, Timothy Chalamet or uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, uh, who's that? <laughs> no, I don't know. One of these actors, you know. You know. No. What about Brad I Pitt? I could see you no, with Brad know. Pitt. Now he's available. What do you think <laughs> he's of him? Ready to settle down, right? No, yeah, yeah, right. Gonna, I, I, I like in the documentary. By the way, the documentary I should say is on Netflix. Pamela Love Story. Yes. And, of course, her memoir, Love, Pamela, will be available on Tuesday, January 31st. I was, you know, you talk about your marriages and, you know, you finally said, you know, I always went around and said, Pamela Anderson should be married to a regular guy with a great job and blah, blah, blah. So you did it. You went. I she guess tried. they were building. You would try to. You they were building your house or something. And you see one of these hot uh, guys uh, building the house. I don't. I guess he was the contractor. Well, it's just interesting to, for someone that can do something like that. Yeah, I was fascinated. Right. Yeah, like somebody <laughs> can use their hands. A real manly man. You know, he's yeah. like, you know, yeah. And you go, okay, I'll marry him. You know, uh, I'm sure he was thrilled. Wow, I'm dating Pamela Anderson. I mean, who wouldn't be thrilled? But but it didn't work out. It didn't work. You know, we had what nothing the in hell? common. There was not. I would, could babble on about so many things, and he would just go, huh. <laughs> it's kind of really like, well it wasn't it just not even that i mean i want to respect him and and um but it just again i tried and it just didn't work it just didn't work words, it just didn't work and there was other motives there's other things it just you know i just there was there was not good things that were going on too and i just thought i'm definitely not putting up with this with this like i'm not you know this uh, is uh, no i'm not gonna get into all that stuff but it's like it was the there were things he was doing 
Oh, cheating. So there were things, I'm assuming, probably. I don't know. Yeah, probably. Okay. And I've never had that experience before because I've, I mean, I have. But my that's one thing until I, you know, I went to France and I met someone who ended up having another life besides me, which I didn't know about. And that was my first real uh, experience with something like that. And so then to come home kind of brokenhearted and meet somebody in a vulnerable place. And then for that, just this, all these lies and stuff going on, I thought, no, I can't do this. What am I doing? Why do I keep getting involved in this? And how am I married again? <laughs> first of all, I would like I would like to read a book. What about happened? The I would like to read the book of the guy who cheats on Pamela Anderson. I mean, wow, boy, this guy's got some active libido. But um, oh. I don't understand something. You went to France. You met a guy. This is someone we don't know about, right? I guess, or we do, or I don't know which. Um, some people know about it. Some people don't. But it's, yeah, it's another journey, another thing. I went to France. I loved, I always said I'd go to the south of France when my kids were grown, just to kind of, you know, live out that fantasy. And then I met somebody there, and um, yeah, it was. And you fell in love. Fell in love. It was there together for about a year. I was living with him, but he had another family in Paris. That he never. (laughs) How do you find out that this dude has another family? Well, I mean, he had kids. I knew he had kids, and I was starting to spend time with the kids, and so I wanted to contact the mom because I said, doesn't matter what the guy says. I've always been in contact with women in Tommy's life because I'm the mother. If my kids are going to see you, I want to know you. So I couldn't reach her because she'd blocked my number with everything, so I called her through my dog's Instagram. (laughs) 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 Zooby, zooby, zoo. And then... I said, this is Pamela. I just want you to know that you can always reach out to me if you have any concerns about the boys and stuff like that. And she said, what? She had no idea that we were together. And I oh. I just, you know, I got on a plane and I got out of there and I took my dog and I went home. And I, I, mean, I said, the last thing I want to do is come between a family. And there was more to the story than that. He was also very jealous and a lot of, a lot of issues, too. And I thought, you know what? That is true. When people are very jealous, they're the ones who are doing the bad stuff. I couldn't Isn't even dream weird- stuff up either. The yeah. stuff you write about, and I've I've heard from other women about this. It's so weird, jealous guys. Jealous guys always threaten to like kill you, rip your face yeah. off. Um, they get violent Throw toward you. Walls. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy, and they're doing the exact opposite of what's going to keep you in the relationship. They're being controlling and, and violent. And right, they're the ones who are doing it, so they think you're doing it too. And they know that's kind of textbook answer, but it's true from my experience. <laughs> How the fuck are you with men anymore? I mean, you, you mean you've been through the melody. You are. I'm taking a Did break. You, yeah, I'm taking a break. <laughs> you were never into women at all, right? Because maybe no. that's the solution. I think maybe. No. <laughs> no, I, the, the, with the woman in the beginning of my my life, she kind of ruined that for me. No, I don't have any interest in women. No. You said women. something. I can admire them. You wrote something that was so, I'm so glad you wrote this. This babysitter who abused you. You talked about, you know, when you're a little kid and you say, gee, I wish they were dead and then they die. You think you've got magical powers. And in your case, this this woman, this this girl who was babysitting for you. I don't how old was this uh, person? She was young. She was because she died on her graduation. So, yeah, high school, high school girl who was abusing you, uh, did all kind of weird things. She gets in a car accident because you wish that she was dead because she was abusing you. You thought you killed her. You had magical Mm -hmm. powers. And I'll tell you what, there's a lot of adults who think that way, too. They're afraid to hate someone because they think they're going to kill them with their thoughts. 
And that's well, a I really scary... felt that when I was, I couldn't tell anybody after that because then I thought I had a murder on my hands. <laughs> right. Know? Like, oh, Pam wished them dead and then they died. And so they died. Yeah. Can you imagine you felt so alone? I mean, the, the babysitter's abusing you. Boyfriends are abusing you. There's a, a bunch of guys who abuse you. I mean, it is just crazy and you can't. But I also, anyone. and I watched my mom, you know, in an abusive relationship too. So I think I just thought that's part of relationships. And then as I got older, I realized, no, I'm not going to have that. So any sign of it really scared me, really scared me. Yeah. Do you think you'll ever say to your dad, why did you do that to mom? I've, I've, you know, and the crazy thing is I had a dream about my dad the other night and I had a long conversation with him in my dream and I felt so good when I woke up in the morning, even if that's it, that's enough, you know? So that was a really dream. You had I a had conversation, conversation with, with my dad. Yeah. And what was the dream? What was the conversation? The dream was just sitting down with him and talking to him about what was in the book and how I kind of, you know, I've also warned him a little bit, you know, before, while I was writing the book, I said, you know, it's not going to be an easy book. You know, that you were, you know, this alcoholism and things really affected me and how you treated mom. And he's kind of, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, put the football game on. But I, <laughs> I, um, I, so I, I have, I've been kind of saying things, just dropping things. Cause it's not going to, he's not going to be shocked if he reads it, but my mom doesn't want him to read it. So we'll see. We'll see. Did you feel bad writing the book? I mean, with relation there's, there's, to him, there's parts of the book where I felt, um, do I really need to say this? And, but I thought that was that little girl in me protecting, protecting the people like, you know, like, who is protecting you? I said, who is protecting you? You're always protecting others. Like, you, we don't want to say something. I said, why can't we just all be honest and open? And that's the only way to kind of get through this. And, because we all don't want to disrespect our parents. We don't want to say something negative about them. But this happened to you as a child. And you have every right to tell your story. So I, I left as much in as I could to kind of get the point across without um, making it salacious or too much. Parents get so fucking frightened. When uh, the kids are honest with them, it's really weird. And all you were trying to do is relate to them and say, you know, I'm just trying to get closer to you. I'm trying to, you know. But also there's, but there's, a, you know, also when you're in the public eye and you have an opportunity to write a book, I mean, not every family has to deal with a daughter, like they say, that is famous and that gets to be out there and do this. Like, you know, it's such a hardship for them that I'm yeah. famous and that I'm, I can do this. And I said, well... I've always been a writer. I've always known I could write a book. The fact that I wrote a book without any help, without any collaborator, without any ghostwriter, I'd hope that they'd be proud of me for that because that was always one of my gifts is the able, ability to write my feelings. But they can't get past the third page, you know, when their name's mentioned. You know, they can't get past that. Like, that's just, it's just about how awful and how negative I am and uh, that. So it hasn't really hit them that I actually wrote a book so I, I just think when you look at it as a whole like when you look at even the documentary as a whole you get a better picture of someone like there's no way to play a character of somebody unless you kind of know where they come from like was your was, publisher like, shocked that uh you were able to write the book on your own was oh, they this was a massive oh this was a massive battle this was a like my book agent that i was introduced to he sat down with me at the beverly hills hotel and he goes now you're gonna write a book 
You're going to need some help. Let's put a little <laughs> proposal together and, you know, we'll help you all along the way. And then my, you know, fire's shooting out of my ears. I'm like, yes, okay, let me just give it a shot. And then I just started writing my first memory to my last and it became this kind of 60 page poem. And I showed it to him and he goes, okay, well, we'll work on this and we'll maybe show it. And he goes, he called me back and he said, I've showed this to other people and I think we might actually use this proposal to show publishers. And I said, okay. Then I met publishers and they said, okay, well, we're going to think about a ghostwriter and a collaborator. And, but, and then one lady was like, I really like your writing style. And I said, I'm only doing this if I can write it myself. And she went, okay, let's give it a shot. But if you don't, if you can't come through, we'll bring somebody in or we had a deal that I could walk away and they could walk away. So I worked on it and it became so close and I just needed some help shaping it. And they said, all we need is an editor. And so she edited it with me and I learned how to edit myself. I even had the page on the screen so I could make the track changes myself. I wouldn't even let them do it. I, but they helped wow. me with the editing. So it was my book. That's unusual. That's pretty unusual. And I, that kind of, that turns me on. That would make me read the book. If I knew you really wrote it, because most of these books, you know, they're told to somebody and that's how it goes down. I, I, no. I would like to, yeah, that, that's really kind of intriguing to me. Were you a really good writer in school? Yeah, very good. But, yeah. you know, my, my grammar and punctuation, I always wrote like poetry. I always wrote prose and rambling streams of consciousness. So I had to learn how to, you know, chapters, paragraphs, full sentences, punctuation, all that kind of stuff. But I learned that. And then I started editing myself. And I was doing the final edits on my book when I was appearing on Broadway. So I was during the day I was editing my book and writing still and um, doing Broadway at night. It was fantastic. Wow. I loved it. That was really pushing me in all sorts of directions, which were cool. You, de you describe uh, the way you sat down with your agent there, your book agent, that he's talking to you like you're a baby. Um, mm -hmm. Is that how people tend to talk to you because of um, your, you know, your sex symbol status? Do they? Well, Pam, yeah, you know, darling, sweetie, you know, you're going to need a little help with this. But, you know, now he's my biggest fan. Now, he, when he sees the response to the book and the reviews even and how well it's doing and how, you know, the audiobook's going crazy, all this kind of stuff. And I did my own audiobook too. I did it from the. The Woodshed in Malibu, which was really fun. Nick Cave well, did his album there. I mean, I love that. So I um, recorded my book, and it's it's interesting. It's funny to read it out loud, too. I mean, you write it. It's one thing to write it. It's another thing to promote it, talk about it, and to see it, you know, in the documentary. It's like, you know, bam, bam, bam. It's like it's harder as it goes. But I'm really, think, I'm in the midst of it right now. I'm in, I'm in like, you know, figuring it all out. How many pages can you do a day when you're reading that? I find that drudgery. I could not read my own book. I mean, it was like, fuck. I, I, I you know, I'm, I talk on the radio all day, but uh, sitting and reading my own book, it's like you get somebody else to do it, you know? That's, no, that's, I wanted to do it because the cadence and the way, because, you know, you can say a sentence many different, you can say things just so many different ways. I wanted to, I wanted to read it. At first, my first reaction was, I don't want to read it. But then I went, no, I got to read it. Just, just do it. You got to do it. It took me three days. Any of these uh, young, uh, I want to call them sex symbols, for lack of a better word, but like, you know, like I, I'm thinking about like, you know, Kendall Jenner or Emily Ratajkowski or any of these women who are, you know, uh, or, or even young actresses who or, or maybe even young girls who come to Hollywood and are in like Playboy or something. I don't even know if there is a Playboy anymore, but do they ever contact you and ask you advice? Does anyone ever say to you, Pam, you've been through it all. Do you have any words of advice? Does anyone ever look to you to uh, mentor them? No. <laughs> no. Has there ever been a guy that you felt you wanted to 
be in a relationship with that paid you absolutely no attention and you could not connect with them? Or have you always gotten every man you ever wanted to be with? I don't think I've wanted to be with men. I think I just, it just happened together. It was like being pursued and kind of allowing it to happen. I don't think there's a person I went, I really want to be with them and then tried to be with so them. So you've never been rejected in that way. You've never gone up to someone and said, hello, I'm, I'm you know, and you're thinking to yourself, hmm, this is somebody I'm interested in. And they just, that makes you know. me run away. I mean, look at the JFK thing, you know, like I was just, right. you know, junior, it was just, he, he was fascinating to me so much so that I couldn't possibly talk to him. Wow. In the documentary, your mom says to you, um, why don't you put on some nice dresses or something like that? She's, I, I don't remember it exactly, but you say to her, nobody wants to see my body anymore. Do you really feel that way? Is that? I, you know, I went through kind of a crazy time writing the book. I mean, I started writing my book and I put on like 25 pounds. Crazy. Really? I did. You? I, I did. And I've never, ever put on weight. I'm always the same. I'm always like 115 pounds or less. I mean, I was like, over 130 pounds and it's for me and i didn't really and i just thought and i and i look back at it and i see how it was the book process because as i wrote my book i didn't change too much i mean i was drinking earlier with the husband and stuff but i um lost it all at the end of my book it was crazy mm. it was crazy but i had a physical reaction to telling my story it was almost like i was hanging on to something i couldn't you know it was a protective my puffy suit of armor. I don't know what it was. It was so, I just was like thinking it you was mean, some kind of protection. I, I don't know what it was because my body was just reacting. It wasn't like I was eating any different. I'm vegan. I eat nuts and berries. You know, I don't eat a lot, but I was, my body was changing and I thought, well, maybe I'm just getting old and this is it. And I was walking around in caftans. I mean, I looked ridiculous. And my mama said, you never want to show your figure anymore. And I just felt like, what figure? And I said, you know, I just was kind of joking, but I look at that and I think I was a mess at that time. So I kind of like that. I peeled back everything, no makeup, nothing like that. And I thought, you know what, if you like me like this, if you like me at my worst, maybe you like me. <laughs> wow. So you mean, as you wrote the book, the weight started to come off, literally all off. I'm right back you, to where I was. You literally unloaded in the book and then you unloaded all those pounds. Yep. Jeez, that's weird. It was weird. That's unbelievable. I had a reaction. Yeah. It kind of was the whole, cause it didn't change a lot. I didn't change. I mean, I, I did do Broadway, but that wasn't, you know, I did do that in the middle of it, but that was kind of real good. Um, that was good exercise, but it wasn't, it wasn't, that wasn't it. It was, it was the emotional workout. How tall are you? <laughs> How tall are you, Pam? Five seven. Five seven, and you always weighed about 115 pounds. Mm -hmm. So, so that's what I should strive for. 115 pounds, like a You're not 5'7". I want to admit, no, I'm not. I'm, uh, I might reduce my height. And, and my what kids about... were even saying, my kids were like, Mom, like, you're pale, you just don't look healthy, like, you know, you're just wow. like, you gained weight, like, you know, you know. But also, my hair grew. This is like all, this is all my hair. I mean, I don't have wear extensions or anything, and, and my oh, hair like grew it. like inches after, at the end of my book, too. I mean, I know this sounds crazy, but I just got so healthy. It helped. All the stuff I've been repressing and keeping in and not talking about, I think it was really good to get it out. No, you look great. And, you know, it's, uh, yeah, I guess there's something to that. Like, literally unloaded all your shit. Imagine if you went into therapy hardcore. Uh, you'd probably you'd probably weigh seven you'd pounds. You'd probably disappear. <laughs> yeah, you'd probably just... <laughs> 
You'd be nothing left of you. I don't know what really would happen. Honest. I'm a world-class you know. runner. I don't know what would happen. I'd just turn into some kind of superhero. Yeah, I mean, if you suddenly, like, you know, like, started confronting your father oh, and everything. I, mean, I don't need glasses, it. you know. Yeah. I just change right. it. supervision. <laughs> what about aging? How you feel? I'm feeling awful about my age. I, I hate it. Um, you I look mean, I'm the happy. Same. To... No, I don't. I, well, you're kind, but I. And by the way, when they say same, it, I didn't look that good to begin with. <laughs> so you know, <laughs> I'd like you to say That's no. You've improved. That's not a compliment but, but, either. But, oh dear. But aging, <laughs> Pam. Aging to me is. Just, I mean, I am just going. You know, there's little things that pop up and blah 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 with the health and and, and I'm just like, man. I'm like, you know. This this could be it soon. I mean, it's it's freaking me out. What's your attitude? And do you believe there is a life after death? You must have the answer. Oh gosh. Um, well, I think that I always thought when I was little that I'd recognize myself when I was old. You know, like in the mirror. Like as I, I want, I love old people, people, you know, elderly people around me. I, I love that. Um, so I wasn't, and I never felt like a great beauty. So I felt like I don't have as much to lose as they do. So I could just, you know, I'll be fine. And I think that kind of shows even in the documentary. It's like, you know, this is me. I'm 50, almost 56 years old. You don't worry you know, about I'm, it. I'm not going to worry about it. But, you know, we do all want to look the best we can look. But, you know, hair and makeup. That helps. Yep. Voila. <laughs> you know, not so much with men. But, I mean, you know, AG, I've never had, like, a fear of death or anything like that. I'm not like a like that. You know, I don't know. So I've never really, not not a big worrier about that. When you were young, yeah, yeah. When you yeah. were young, I'm talking about pre Playboy, pre everything. When you were in high school and everything, and 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 then you had this series of horrible uh, abuses. Did you ever, ever in your life feel suicidal? Did you ever contemplate ending at all? Definitely times where I didn't want to be on Earth. Yeah, there were definite times, but since I've had kids, I thought I would never do that to them. You know, I would never. Since I've had children, that gave me more of a reason to get it together, you know. And, but did and you ever come I close agree. when you were when you were a kid? And I mean, because I mean, you you no no health. no 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 not when I was little. No, it was more um, like just kind of even in L.A. You know, even when I you know I was upset, I never wanted to upset Tommy. And one time I took a bunch of Advil, of course, I don't and alcohol, hard alcohol, which I can't drink, and I got sick and I was late for Baywatch, and they came to get me and. It ended up I was pregnant, not with Brandon. I miscarried then, but um, I, so that was a very low point when I just couldn't figure it out, just couldn't figure out what was. You were trying to end it. Yeah, I think I was. I mean, I don't think a bottle of Advil and a bottle of Sky Vodka is going to do it, but um, I just wanted to sink underwater, you know, and I, I was in the bathtub. and Because of despair with Tommy? Yeah, well, you know, I finally found someone I felt like was my soulmate who rescued me from, not rescued me, but just kind of gave me another experience. I was so happy, you know, I was so in love. I felt like it was so natural and so great. And so it, when it was hard for me to go to work and hard for me to do anything and he was so jealous and he just didn't trust me and he was causing so many problems on the sets of, you know, barbed wire and Baywatch and everything, I just felt, you know, is anything ever going to be easy? And then, mm. you know, when I went to the hospital, my brother and him were fighting, fist fighting in the hospital and they had to tear him apart because um, they were like, you know, my brother was saying, you're ruining my sister's life and her career and you know everything. And Tommy was mad. And then the doctor came out and said, she's pregnant. 
then everything was wow. happy. We were back together. And then I had a miscarriage shortly after. But then I got pregnant again right after that. And we had Brandon. Jeez. If only you could have said to Tom, Tommy, I'm so madly in love with you. You don't even have to be jealous. It doesn't even matter that I'm on the set of Baywatch and I have to kiss some guy in a scene. You, you just well, I tried. You did? Oh, I could imagine those. Oh, yeah, I tried. <laughs> he couldn't get it, huh? No, he just smashes Testarossa into my makeup trailer and punch out things and then knock out producers. And oh. I, you know, I kind of thought it was cute. <laughs> I thought it was romantic. You thought that was what love was because I you saw that with your what, father. Right, yeah. But I mean, like, I think Tommy's a very sensitive person. He's very artistic. He's very, you know, such a pleasure because you know you see, what you see is what you get. And um, he wasn't afraid of being in love, being madly in love. And I think that's people today. There's You don't have to be madly in love. You can swipe left, right. You can have multiple partners. You, you don't have to throw your heart out on the red carpet for somebody so I, I appreciate that he did that with me as long as it lasted yeah wow mm. <laughs> why did you turn well no i was going to ask you what your definition of love is because i still Honestly. wonder right i don't think you've been i don't think you've had the great love of your life yet you you'll argue that but i don't think you've actually been loved yet. i don't think you've been loved I'm not allowed to date anybody younger than me anymore, my kid said. And I'm not even allowed to choose anybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? And your kids sound pretty well, not smart. not making any more decisions. They don't want me yeah. making any more big decisions. I kind of, you know, I even with, with business, Brandon and, and Dylan, they're, they're fantastic. I have, you know, they run all these businesses and do all this stuff. And I just, I said, as long as my credit card works and I can get my nails done, I'm happy. So By the way, those those boys of you of yours are very good looking boys. I've seen I've seen them. You know, they, they must. Uh, did you raise them to be respectful of women, or are they like I could see they could get a lot of chicks? Let's be honest. No, they're both madly in love, and they have girlfriends for a long time. And and I always say you have to be brave to be in love. And it's funny because Brandon repeats they, when you hear your kids repeat what you've told them over their lifetime. That's when you know it's like sunk in. And they say, you know. They're just true romantics. They're such romantics, and they get all the good stuff from Tommy and I. And and um, but they're they're funny. But they're they're they have good relationships, and they're very very respectful women. But Brandon had said something interesting to me one time because I said, "If you disrespect women, you disrespect me." And he's like, "Ooh, you know, ooh." And he goes, "Well, what if they don't? Thanks. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> what if what if they don't respect themselves?" And I thought, mm. "Oh, that's interesting." I said, "Of course, it comes you know come from Brandon. Like just like I thought." Of course, he said something like that. Like he's, and I said, well, you still have to respect them. But I mean, yeah, we have to respect ourselves first. Yeah, I don't know. I need, I, maybe I'm going to set you up with somebody. You need to uh -oh. have a great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because because Pam, it can't be trusted. You have a life. Pick, you get up so early. You know, um, I'm, I'm going to, you know, uh, as your son said, quote, mom loves getting married. So, I mean, you know, I, and I'll and I'll put a, a like a governor on you. you. You have to date someone for five years and then you can marry them. That's how I'm going to handle it. <laughs> Last question. Why did you turn down the role? Someone, I don't know where I read this. I don't think you wrote about it. But you turned down, you were offered the lead role in X-Files to be the, the, the girl what? in X-Files. That's what I read. I probably didn't even know what that down. was. Just like I didn't know where Marina Del Rey was. You know, I was just like, that sounds oh, okay. complicated and I'm busy. <laughs> I never heard of it that before. This is the first I've heard of that. Really? Uh, maybe I made it up. I don't know. I thought you turned down the lead role in X-Files. It was something else, too. What the heck did I read? There was a couple of things. 
that you auditioned or you you got wasn't it Austin Powers you were either auditioning for it or you turned it I never down. auditioned for too much I don't think I even I had an audition before but I think um yeah I mean it was I'm the really Elizabeth busy. Hurley part oh, you were really? busy you were Why busy. did I do that? I should have done Why, that. You would have been great <laughs> in Austin you. Powers. Oh, that would, well, maybe he'll do another one. Yeah. I could be well, a fanbot. Mean, uh, you auditioned for L.A. Confidential. Is that true? No, no I don't think no. so. Again, right. this is like where a, did you get this stuff, Howard? Well, if I make <laughs> up enough stuff, he's just making stuff up. Yeah, and then <laughs> eventually I'll hit into something. I see. I yeah. It's like JFK Jr. I was sure you were going to say you two had something. I I really uh. thought that there was something that I said. I think I've stumbled on something. And there's probably guys I don't even know about who you have either had a horrible experiences with, b great experiences with, or c they hit on you and you said no. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Talk, talk, maybe. Didn't you audition to be Spider-Man originally in the oh. original spider No. Okay. Jesus. I'm trying. Oh, right. oh, my Listen, gosh. Pam, we celebrate your life. Because oh, you're Pamela yes. Anderson. We <laughs> hail you. You who I think I've... Uh, have I seen every Playboy you were in? I had to have. I mean, you, you I think I was on your show every time Playboy came yeah. out. I mean, I've been on your show. How many times have I been on your show? And I think um, it's been a long time. Like long. Yeah. Uh, we should do a retrospective. <laughs> Be funny. Yes, the Pamela Anderson. Um, you know, and you we know, should I always do a special, the Pamela Anderson Howard Stern show. I think it was a couple <laughs> Are times. Are you kidding? Like, yeah. I, how many times did I say to you, Robin? I know eventually. Pamela Anderson is going to want to be with a really ugly guy, and I'm going to be her choice. I know it. She's going to want me. Uh, well, I was that time waiting. You went over to the hotel room. You were like, "This is it. This is I it." Yeah, I well, said, "This was is my." Twenty other girls there too. That was a, wild it was a lot. Of, there, I remember it was a scene. It was pretty wild. But the, boy, you were fun. You were great. I mean, come on. You were always a lot of fun. You were never. Uh, you never took life too seriously. Now, Pamela's no. Netflix documentary, Pamela: A Love Story. And her memoir, Love Pamela, which she wrote herself, no ghostwriter, <laughs> will be available yeah. on Tuesday, January 31st. There, listen, there, there's even poetry and <laughs> in the book. Pamela, it turns out, is a writer. She's a great writer. Oh, he, yeah. here, Jillian, Jillian Anderson said, not Jillian Anderson, Jillian, yeah, Jillian Anderson yeah. said, Pam had the lead for X-Files. That's what she said. I don't know if she And Pam kidding. doesn't know it. No, no I didn't that, know it. Yeah. There Were it they is. calling Playboy? Uh, <laughs> well, that that's what's crazy about your life. The calling Playboy for these parts. I mean, Playboy Isn't shouldn't February be... February available? Yeah, right. The Playboy should not have been representing you. That's my point. The, the that's Playboy had their things would... got missed. Who well, else of would course. represent me? I'm a playmate too. Remember that was no, that was Pam. Like, no one want, no one thought of me as an actress. But Pam, Playboy is hiring you to do the magazine. In no way should they have been representing you for other work. I am angry. The only about way that. to get a hold of me, you know. So what? We didn't even have cell phones back then. Well, you know, no. Pamela was. <laughs> she's right. She was ahead of all this stuff because I know when. Other women who were in that Playboy world, you know, with Hef, you know, the girls next door or whatever that was, yeah. they had people. They had agents and managers and 
all kinds of people who were taking meetings, getting them in meetings in front of people and making deals for them. Yep. They'd get a clothing line. They'd have, you know, all kinds of things going on. It was amazing. It was my first plane ride coming to L.A., you know? Yeah, (laughs) I I know. I didn't have much experience. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Uh, Ralph's on. You remember my friend Ralph. He wants to say hello to you. Can you let him say hello? Yes, hi. Hey, Ralph. Hey, I just got to say, Pam, you are amazingly calm about the horrible way people have treated you. I mean, Hulu makes a show about... You know, it's based on the story, Howard. You know, you think about it. She didn't need this bullshit sex tape. She's not Paris Hilton or somebody like that. You know what I mean? And and now she's forced to relive all of that. And they comp- they, they, they give her any money. Uh, look at Ralph. You know what he's trying to do now? He's, he's trying to get in your hero. pants. I know. Yeah, 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 he's, yeah. He's he wants hero. to. Look at I, him. You're not going to get it. Ralph, she's <laughs> not going out with you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, forget I it. I my subscription over that, and I didn't watch the show. And Hollywood's so fucking disingenuous. Just because she's a sex symbol does not mean it, it's like, oh, it's okay to rape a hooker. You, you, you know, it's like, no, you just blew it. <laughs> he, he, she almost was. You had you. me until that. <laughs> oh, my no. God. Thanks, Ralph. He meant well. I don't think you know <laughs> yeah, he, he means mean. well. He means well. His heart is in the right place. Yeah. Just he wants to defend you. <laughs> yes. He loves you. He, there, there is so no he woman. does love you. Yes. Uh, he really does. So many guys love you, but he loves you more than any other guy. I'm pretty <laughs> uh-huh. sure a relationship with him would work out. <laughs> Listen, Pam, it's always good seeing you. Um, uh, we've learned a couple of things today. Let's review. Ralph is your knight in shining armor. It's not <laughs> Tommy. Right. It's not Kid <laughs> Rock. It's not any of these other John Peters. It's none of them. It's Ralph. <laughs> I like his passion. Yeah. He, he, he's very passionate about you. I wish he was passionate <laughs> about himself that way. But anyway, yeah. look, you're doing well. We <laughs> celebrate your life. The kids are fine. Everything's yeah, that's good. That's the most important thing. We're all good. Healthy. That's right. And we learn. Happy. Well, no I love spending time hey. with you watching the documentary. It was so much it's of terrific. getting to know more about you after having known you for so long. And the other thing was uh-huh. to see true happiness on your face when you were doing Broadway. Oh, yeah. When well, you were, was- uh, there was true happiness i was like i am so glad she she loved it and she really enjoyed doing it and she was really good at it and so i really was happy for you and and we're also glad you're not in any steen seagal movies because that would have meant you would have had a really uh given yourself uh that's right to get there that's right she's is there a woman in hollywood who doesn't have a steven seagal story i wonder i mean pam in all your years you were never offered money for sex and in other words a straight up deal one of these kind of sheiks from another land comes up to you and says pamela anderson you are the sex Yes, I've had people. I've had I, there's one guy I used to call him Milk because he was a shake, so it was milkshake, and uh, <laughs> he <laughs> hired me at first Make a Wish Foundation, Make a Wish Foundation, and he paid you know I don't know half a million dollars or something like that. And then when I got into the room with him to have lunch, he just jumped me and oh, tried to make out with me. And I thought, and he had everybody get out of the room, and I thought, no, 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 I got to get out of here. So I had to leave Abu Dhabi quickly. Wow. 
Oh, that yeah. is a dangerous situation. Yeah, I guess. Hey, I paid half a million dollars for you. What'd you think? I'm just going to talk to you. That, what do you think my ad- wish was? Right? Is that what they yeah. call it now? <laughs> yeah. Turns out, it turns out his make a wish was to fuck you, not to uh, <laughs> hang out with you. Go figure. He was handsome, but I yeah, I mean, I'm sure guys have walked up to you and said, "Listen, I would, I would want to be with you for a night. Here is X amount no. of dollars." No. 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 Wow. No. Is there anyone in Hollywood who doesn't have an Abu Dhabi story? (laughs) That's what I want to know. Listen, Pam, it's always great seeing you again. I must say we celebrate your Netflix documentary, Pamela, a love story. And is it love? Who knows? That's the question. Her memoir, Love Pamela. Great title. You know what it means? Somebody love me. Love Pamela. Uh I see it that way. She Uh doesn't. Oh, sweet. But we love you. Uh, the I book will be available. Guys. Love you too. And uh, yeah, it's really good to see you. I'm getting nice teary. I'm, I'm so happy to see you. <laughs> what is, what's going on over there, Robin? Well, I don't know. I just, Not- you know, we always we love Pamela, and we haven't seen her in such a long time. <laughs> yeah, I can't getting, believe uh, we're all still here. <laughs> I'm barely I'm here. Us barely. Yeah. Hanging by a thread. <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks, Pam. Thanks for coming in. I'm sure you have to go oh, pitch. You, We've kept you a long time. Uh, I don't no. know about you. I need to pee. Um, <laughs> Me <you> know, too. <laughs> I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. And uh, that's it. All right. It's hard to say goodbye, but yeah, bye bye, Pamela goodbye. Anderson. Right, thank you. Sorry. <laughs> bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> There she is, the beautiful Pamela Anderson. Yeah. But uh, I don't like to see you get upset like that. Well, I just, you know, we did. We hung out a lot with Pamela and had lots of fun. And it's been a long time. And it was, you know, it was kind of sad to learn all those things that had happened to her as a young girl. And the whole thing of, you know, just sort of landing in Hollywood like a fish out of water and never... Being shown the ropes and and telling, you know, being told what was possible for her, you know, it was just like, um, and then to see her so happy when she was, was actually getting accolades and, and being rewarded for, for showing she has talent and she can do things. It was, it was amazing. Well, here's a little fact. Robin was in Playboy with Pamela Anderson. Robin did 20 questions in the same issue where Pam was uh, hey nude. <laughs> um, and uh, there you go. I mean, what can I say? How's that for a fact? Yeah, it was good to see her. Yeah. Really good to see her. I remember a great time, but Ralph probably remembers this better than I do. Oh, I remember that, you were that there. night at the strip club. Yeah. Strip club. We were there with Pam. We were all at the strip club. And... Um, Pam had come from some appearance, and she was wearing a long gown, very beautiful gown. It was a designer gown that they, yeah, I, I think, I they think it had been loaned to her. It wasn't her gown, right? Yeah, it was loaned to her as a, um, you know, the the the, the stylist uh, got it from the designer, and the designer wanted publicity that Pam Anderson should be seen in this gown. And uh, we were all there. We were all having a couple of drinks, and uh, you know, we were talking and. Pam says, oh, this dress, you know, and everybody's half naked in the strip club anyway, all the girls. <laughs> and she says, I, you know, she goes, I, you know, I don't think Pam felt good in the dress. And she said to Ralph, no. 
you've got to uh, get a scissor and cut the bottom off my dress, make it into a <laughs> mini skirt. And Ralph ran. I don't know how Ralph did it. It was his greatest he accomplishment. Found scissors, yes. Found scissors in the strip club. I think he went into the bathroom where they, they had, it was, that bathroom was like MacGyver. They, they had a whole bunch of things <laughs> to clean you up after you had to go home to your wife from the strip right. club. And, um, you know, Ralph came up with the scissor and, you know, Ralph is a talented guy. He cut that dress up into a short oh. mini skirt. Uh, and, uh, Pam was happy. She was in the skirt. It showed off her legs and she had on great shoes. And, uh, it was a great night. It was a great night. And, um, we were lucky. The bathroom attendant had a hardware store in there. And, uh, <laughs> That's right. He, he had, had tools. <laughs> I think Ralphie even had a pin cushion with him. You remember that, Ralphie? Remember we were we were there with Pam, and uh, I'm sure Pam doesn't remember it. It was it was a great night for us. You it was a great they, night for us. It was just another night for her. You know how things are like burned into your memory? I remember clear as a bell. So I, so I go to cut her dress. She's standing there. And she's fucking Pamela Anderson, right? And just right. intimidated. And she's like, cut my dress. I get these scissors. I, I don't even remember where I found them. And they're like gigantic. They're crazy. <laughs> and so I get on my, she stands up. I get on my knees. And then she puts her hand in my hair and starts like rubbing my head as i'm cutting her her, her dress and i'm just like i'm nervous yeah I'm and i'm like leg off. And, and i felt and i was like oh my god tommy lee could have killed ralph for that just having <laughs> pam's hand on his head she's insane she's letting me cut up the yeah. dress and it wasn't until the next day we found out it was like a ten thousand dollar designer dress <laughs> yeah yeah it was like in the paper they were looking for the dress but you know it's funny too i was like i i remember kind of like pam you know being nice to ralph and putting her hand on his, yeah, his yeah, head yeah. you know i mean pam had put her hand on my head i would have come in my pants All but, right, so um, you know what she said before that that was i was already on edge she goes oh she goes you cut your hair i was like oh my god pamela anderson knows what my hair looked like you know a month ago yeah like, By the way, dude, did you just choke on the air with Pam? When yeah. Bringing up, uh, you, were, you were doing so well, and then all you, of a sudden. You know, it's just, it really does. I get too fucking, it gets me crazy because I really, honestly, I'm so happy for her, like Robin was saying, because I, I just think she's such an innocent, and I think she should be really pissed off at these people. Uh, you, you know, Hulu aside, I mean, you know, it's like. It's okay because she's a sex symbol, and you can. All right, we get her. it. You blew you know? it though. You, at the end, I forget what you said, but well, yeah, it's like, like it's something. Uh, it's you can a still hooker. rape a hooker okay or something hooker. like well, that. It's like it, what it, the heck? Well, it's, it's like that. It's like it, this I know, but it was just you don't bring that up to Pam Anderson. You let basically me ask you, let me ask, seriously. Let me ask you a question. What do you think? Don't you think she should be angrier? What do you think psychologically yes. that of she course. Just, just like all these people, like Stephen, how creepy with these people. Well, I mean, even half. I mean, um, you know, we love the Playboy Mansion. We love half and everything. But I don't know. I think Pam could have. I don't know. But she doesn't it, see it, the world that way. And that's fine. And but by it, the way, it, it, I was thinking about the night in the strip club just now. How did you find this? It takes it takes you weeks to get anything done. Yet in five seconds, you found a pair of he scissors to cut off. He was on the job. Yeah. He was working already. The moment she said, cut my dress, he was yeah. ready. Yeah, crazy. Listen, dude, uh, it's like, you know, that was important. Her dress needed to be shorter. It was like down around oh my her God. ankles. You know what was great? It was like skin-tight uh, dress. Mm -hmm. And once Ralph cut it, 
the dress couldn't stay in place. In other words, it wasn't the yeah. kind of dress that he cut. It was like one of those spandexy kind yeah. of dresses. So once Ralph cut it, like her, the dress Everything rolled up to her panties. Up. Yeah, yeah like, like <laughs> Pam was like in her panties and heels. The dress turned into a shirt. It was fucking hot. I think you left at this point, but uh, I did. I did. I left, but she stayed all night. So we're hanging like in the champagne room or something. All these girls, and I don't know how or why, but I started writing on her leg. Like she told me to write all this stuff on her leg, and wow, I have a picture of it. I can't find the picture because it was like an old camera. (laughs) She let you write stuff on her leg. Yeah, like sex said, we, you know, they, and, and I don't know how, what we even wrote it in. You know, it was like crazy. Wow. Wow. Didn't <laughs> make the book. <laughs> yeah, she was fun. Still is, still I get is the feeling. Fun. And she's smart. It, you know, it's like she, she knew to get off that plane. I love that story. She's like, I get the, the fucking creepy guy. Right. You know, can you, you, can you imagine how many stories she does have? That's a, this oh another my book. God. Look, I, I, how yeah. does a person get married in a couple of days? Because people are proposing to her the moment they meet her. Yeah. She turned down more guys than she married. I remember being in that strip club and Ralph cut the dress off and I proposed. I figured, why not? Everybody else does. <laughs> You know, it's like I proposed. <laughs> I proposed immediately and thought, well, okay, we'll probably get married on the beach. I'll be in board shorts and uh, she'll and, be wearing her and white she'll bikini. Be in a bikini, yes, right. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> you know, it's funny too. I think about like what JB Smooth was saying about like you get a hot chick, you don't like fawn over her. He, he left right. that, his wife just sitting there. Right. You know, be cool. These fucking guys can't be cool. No, no. Well, anyway, anyway. yeah. Whatever. It's all water under the bridge. What can I say? Yeah. Well, did you ever know when we were running around like that, that we'd be like this? <laughs> I know. Robin, I'm like, I, what I love the fucking 90s, man. That was the fucking best. 90s <laughs> were great. We were at K-Rock. It was... Uh, the music. Scores everything. were happening. Even TV was great. The Sopranos. I mean, just fucking everything was great in the 90s. And, let, and let's face it. Anyone who's seen the pictures, I was super hot back then. You know, like, <laughs> I had to leave because I didn't want Pam to get all excited about me. That's right. That's right. You know, you know what I knew? yourself out of there. I knew the night in the strip club. I'd been around the block a bunch of times. I went, you know what? I could either spend all night here being sexually frustrated or I could just, yeah, or I could just go home because Pam, Pam Anderson has absolutely zero interest in me. And uh, I'm not going to sit here and just wait around all night that if she gets drunk enough, maybe I'll be attractive to her. So, and I got a job. I got to get home. So that's what I did. And uh, you know what? It was probably a wise decision or I'd be in the book acting like somebody. <laughs> you know you'd be one of those stories yeah hey anyway let me just remind you next week on howard 101 101 25 years of benji each day will feature a live special with guest co-hosts discussing benji's biggest moments each day and... will be more incredibly annoying than the day before <laughs> yeah you're like why we, is he still here we defy you to stay tuned for that special uh, we don't think you can get through the whole thing but try it the following weekend on howard 101 the premiere of Sirius XM's concert special with Maniskin from uh, for Grammy Weekend. Oh, Maniskin, yes, right? I like those guys. I, I like their look. I like the bass player. You should check them out, Ralph. The bass player, she um, she never wears a top. Like she just puts pasties over her nips. 
Wait a second. Yeah, Monaskin. Look up the bass player, Monaskin. Like when she's playing the bass and she's good, but like she she knows, you know, she's way hotter with her shirt off. I think every uh, I think every bass player, female bass player, should adopt that because guys do it. Why shouldn't she? Right. Well, she did. She's uh, an innovator, and uh, also I'm looking her uh, up right now. <laughs> yeah, look up the bass player in Monaskin. Monaskin bass player. M a n e s k i n. Wait, I'm getting guys. Are you sure it's not a dude? <laughs> no, that's. A, <laughs> oh no! You mean I thought that was? A, I, I thought that dude was a girl. That dude's wearing dude, guys. Guy with a big chest. Oh, that, oh that, no! That. Wow. She's hot. Yeah, yeah, and she doesn't have huge. She doesn't have huge breasts. You know, no. just like no, it's hot. Yeah, yeah. She should be topless. That's nice. Yeah, I think the lead singer bangs her, but I don't know. Maybe they're not boyfriend and girlfriend. Maybe it's a Lindsey Buckingham, Stevie Nicks kind of Oh, that's story. great. She looks all angry, too. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Excuse me one minute. Oh, hey, it's uh, it's um, uh, Mark Wahlberg again, the famous oh. movie actor. Hey, Mark, How, what's up? What the hell are you doing? It's time to get to the gym. Finish the show and get to the fucking gym, fat boy. Oh, you're right. You're right. He's right. I I got tits of my own. I got to go work. That's Thank- why you're still talking. You don't want to go to the gym. Yeah, Mark, the bench, Howard. It's time to get in the bench. Mark, I know you're super religious and you spend all your time in the gym. You you never met Pamela Anderson, huh? No, never. But I'll tell you what, Catholics don't pull out. And if she lets kids, you know what I'm talking about. Right. You never pull out, right? <laughs> never. Never, ever, never. ever. Never. Well, hey, I'm, I'm going to hit the gym. What should I do? Should I do calves today? What's a good day? What should I be working on today? You're going to work on those little flabby titties. So you're going to get on the bench <laughs> and you're just going to start pumping them out, my friend. Bench yeah, press yeah. all day today. Jeez, I wish you were nearby, man. I'd love to work out with you. Maybe you could get me in shape, you know? How would enough talking? Let's go. Do some right. squats. <laughs> yeah, what are you doing right now? What are you up to, like, right this second? What are you working on? Oh, more curls. More curls. Ah. It's arm day? It's arm day. It's arm day every day. I mean, it's hour seven. What do you think it is? And, and you've got beautiful biceps, but do you do triceps the same day you do biceps? Of course I do. You got to work the whole arm, and there's so right. many muscles in the arm. I could go on for days talking about the muscles in the arm. Listen, do, do you ever do you ever you work? Know, uh, you, you don't do what? biceps and triceps on the same fucking day. Who hey, the Mark, fuck is pull- Jesus Christ? It's Ralph. Who's, oh, you're one of Ralph. these. You're one of these. I gotta rest my arm, guys. Huh? Well, you're <laughs> fucking wrong. Yeah, Ralph. Look at look at Mark Wahlberg and look at you, and you're gonna hey, tell look me at you right. Who are we gonna <laughs> yeah. listen to? Yeah, you asshole. Listen, man, I'm sorry, Mark. I, he doesn't know what he's doing. He's out of his mind. No, I appreciate I appreciate that. I appreciate you sticking yeah. up for me, Howard. Yeah, you no offense, are. man. And, 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 and congratulations on, on how, how good you look. What Almost 0% body fat. Fantastic. 0.1. 0.1. That's right. <laughs> keep going. Mm, yes, keep going, brother. Yeah. Uh, when are you doing glutes? What day? Tomorrow I'm going to do a little some glutes. You know, you got to work out that ass. <laughs> So right. That's, that's the kind of stuff that gets a girl like Pam. That hard right. ass. Right, 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 right. <laughs> do you ever go back to Boston or do you spend most of your time in LA? Oh, I'm back and forth all the time. I got to oh, catch those Pats that. games. I got to catch those Sox games. I got to catch the Bruins games. And then I'm back in LA, get a workout in, shoot a quick movie, couple lines. It's all good. All right. All right. Thanks. Uh, Mark Wahlberg, everyone. Uh, Mark Wahlberg, uh, sounding mouth. He didn't know what he's talking about. There he goes. He's like one of those actors who travels with a gym, you know, <laughs> yeah. a workout before they shoot. 
Yeah, I, I made it in my rider that I have a gym in my trailer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I did that on private parts. It's yeah, like, yeah, you, you guys are gonna. AGT? Yeah, an AGT. I had an entire gym in my trailer. <laughs> my, uh, you know what? I finally got a trailer. I was on America's Got Talent. It was the shittiest fucking trailer. You couldn't even pee in there. Like it, it was just it was weird. Oh, you Wasn't hated it? you hated every aspect of that show, man. You yeah, were fucking so it. miserable. I hated that fucking Except trailer. when you were sitting there doing your thing and that, yeah, you know, you were yeah, great and yeah. you loved it. And that, but it was all that other bullshit that you. I mean, who has time to wait around? Unless you're like, um, what's that guy? Simon Cowell. I mean, it's his only job. So he could sit around all day and wait. You know what I mean? And, and it, was, have, wait. Yeah. It, was li- it was literally a party uh, outside everywhere. And then you're there just. I know. You're running around having a great oh my God. time. Ralph had a great time. He's like, this is the greatest. You can't stop being on America's Got Talent. I'm having a great life. They were paying him. They were, yeah, I mean, it was just perfect. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, then he's hanging out by the food and Heidi Klum's Uh, running around in a nurse's outfit. Don't ask what was going on. The craft service table was amazing. They switched it out like three times a day. I would check in and go, what t- What time is the changeover? He was like on a cruise ship, always eating. Yeah. Oh, my God. You'd see, like, Ralph would bring home food for dinner. You know, like, I was like, so embarrassing. Everybody had their people. My guy's like loading up a paper bag right. of food. <laughs> You don't wait, you don't, He's shopping. You don't, He's doing you don't his wait, shopping. You don't wait shit, man. I was green before it was in. I was, you know. <laughs> he was. He was. All right, Ralphie boy. All right. You got to see your girlfriend, Pam Anderson, today, and you even got the doctor. So there you go. And good job when you cut her dress down. God, that was hot. That was so great. And then we tried to, they, then they even asked for it back because you were going to give it to me. And then the next day, the designer was trying to track you down. And meanwhile, you know, it was like a sequin tight dress. I'm like, dude, calm down. You you know. Do you imagine after he cuts down her dress, like the dress is so clingy that it now it's up by her waist and she's right, just in panties yeah. in the strip club and, uh, and like this, it turned into a shirt and the big titties and the. Yeah, because she started <laughs> dancing around as soon as he uh, cut the. Yep. The yeah. bottom off, and it went right up. <laughs> what a woman. What a woman. That's the thing, too. I had to decide where to cut it. And, like, I didn't want to be, like, hey, like, inappropriate. I was going, like, am I too high or this? And meanwhile, it didn't matter because as soon as she moved, it just went up over her head. That's why I guess the the the, the guy from the, the book agent was like, Pam, you can't write your own book. I mean, I get it. I mean, you, you don't think the same girl from that club could actually write a book, but she can. She can do it all. No, she's a smart girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lady, yeah, boy. whatever we're saying these days. Hey, maybe she'll call you one day. Maybe she'll wise up and hook up with you. Maybe you're the awesome. one. Maybe you're the one, Ralph. Who knows? Yeah. You certainly know how to cut in, down a dress. Yeah. Go join her in Canada. It looks nice out there. Chill Fuck out. yeah. She's got a whole estate. All right. Go live with her mom and dad. All right. Later, Ralph. <laughs> Bye. Who would have predicted now. that Pamela Anderson, the greatest sex symbol of all time, would end up in a house in Canada with her parents? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> she moved back home. <laughs> <laughs> that was so wild. That was one of the things she even yeah. says it. You know, she's like, uh, uh, "It's unbelievable." I I moved back home. <laughs> but, but, but again, but again, Howard, like those residuals, she doesn't get the po- all that stuff you were saying, and she doesn't get a dime off that stuff. Wouldn't you like want to kill yourself? I mean, she's amazingly no. together for that. I, I be, yeah. it would make me nuts. Well, she has the memory of you cutting down her dress. That's what keeps her going. <laughs> all right, Ralphie boy, thank you. That's Ralph Sorella, the guy who uh, you saw it all. Uh, yes, next week, uh, 25 Years of Benji on Howard 101. We know that, and I think I'm out of here. Okay, bye-bye.